The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend listening after you've already seen the movie in question, but we're not your boss. Do what you like. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matineemanatees. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. Because we figured, you know, why not? Hope you enjoy the show. That's good. The shields mechanics let them do RPG yeah. stuff for difficulty, which most are, uh, RTSs don't, where it's just, how oh, that's, that's real-time strategy. Whatever. Shooters don't. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what if it just takes more shots to kill me? It's like, I can handle that better, but less shots to kill them. I just want to be... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I want to be in RoboCop, the shooting game that they face in the same way. That would be nice. What's the challenge? There's no real challenge, but you can only move two miles an hour, but you're also bulletproof, so... <laughs> it's really just like a zen shooter. <laughs> that actually... around kill flesh people. That honestly sounds really nice. <laughs> like... I enjoy that. Just one you can't lose. Like if you want to get competitive, you compete for times or something. I actually, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like 
Several years ago, I thought of a game like that. It wasn't a shooter, but it was like um, like a uh, like a procedurally generated like tower climbing game, like a, a platformer action game where like you couldn't die. But, like, the whole gimmick was, like, you're supposed to just try and score points or try to beat levels as quickly as possible. So, so like, if you want to get hit, you can race, but not anything else sort of thing? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think I would, I would enjoy that. Yeah. Because I, uh, I'm never competitive enough to get, like, good good at a game, but mm-hmm. I am curious how I'm doing a game compared to other people sometimes. Yeah, well, okay, I'll just have to learn programming and Please pixel do. art and then, um, or stage design. <laughs> Replace every alien with a, a ostentatiously 80s punk. You wouldn't have to change uh, Master Chief too much, right? Just have to change him from like green to silver. That's basically good enough, right? You barely ever see him, so if you cut all the cutscenes, all you have to do is change his hands. That's true. Yeah. And then his voice stuff from instead of talking to Kratan, just being like, Your move, punk. (laughs) Very slowly. Then negate eighty percent of his movement speed. You cool. <laughs> fucking love Robocop. I don't know if that's a great movie. No, I want to see that shit again. It's so dumb in such a great way. <laughs> I even uh, kind of liked the reboot. The reboot wasn't as good, but if I had never seen the first ones, I would have liked the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen a reboot of it, but... Hmm. I mean, it's not nearly as good. Like they, they kind of ruined it a little bit, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, if I hadn't seen the first one, because the second one was bad, too. Yeah. So, like, if I hadn't seen the first movie, this would have been a cool new idea. I did, so it's not as good, but uh, for a new movie I haven't seen yet, it is definitely kind of about Robocop. So, <laughs> a little bit sorry sorry I'm talking about the wrong movies that's okay 
So, Sam, I, I was gonna say when to was that good time yet? That's fine. So, Sam. Yes? You ready to get wet? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, starting over. So, Sam. Yeah? Do you, uh, do you, hold on. I only have the, how do I only have the one <laughs> stolen from Magic Tavern? <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I haven't listened to enough Magic Tavern, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's one of, one of Chunt's weird little things he said. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't have another stolen okay. phrase ready to go. That's okay. You can just keep going. So, there is a movie. Okay, listen. In, in a world where... There's more water on the planet than there is now. And you can filter piss, but not salt water. And comes the story of a heroic pirate oil man tries to save a little girl from a woman-beating fish monster who kidnaps her and flees. I wouldn't call it heroic, but okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I won't. there are no good people in this movie. It's, uh, well, Inventor Guy's okay. Inventor Guy with the Warcraft Goblin Glider or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Famous flop, although not actually, but listen. Budget was $175 million, it grossed $88 million. It eventually made its money back worldwide with like DVD sales or whatever, but God, it took a long time. Uh, famously, the director or producer, I don't remember when exactly, because I read this anecdote uh, two weeks ago and I watched it, but, uh, uh, called uh, uh, someone named Steven Spielberg to ask about his experience filming Jaws on open water and see if he had any advice for him about filming open water. And his advice was 
Don't film on open water. <laughs> Make a tank. Make a pool. <laughs> and they chose not to do that. So their budget inflated to, I think, twice what it was originally supposed to be. And shooting time took time and a half as long as it was supposed to. There were originally three big segments in this movie. There was the little atoll thing, the big ring with, you know, the, the little cove in it. And the, the smoker ship. And there was a whole slaver third of the plot that they had to cancel because the set sank in the storm. So that middle act of the movie, it seems a little slow. That's because their million dollars of set is at the bottom of the ocean near Hawaii. That explains a lot. Which, while they were scouting locations, they chose Hawaii because it was nearby and had, you know, good communications and everyone spoke English and stuff. They neglected to uh, research the weather in the area <laughs> much. So they kept getting hit by, like, tropical squalls. <laughs> did it did sink a third of the movie sets. <laughs> Waterworld 1975 has an IMDb score of 6.2, a 47 on the tomato meter, and a, but a 43% audience appreciation score, which might be the closest I've seen so far. Actually. Yeah, it seems pretty close. And on Amazon.com, Prime Video feature, wherein you can pay again for these movies that you probably have when you were a kid. But this time they're on your phone, so you can watch them in bed like a winner and just never leave all day. And figure out, God, today I'm gonna seize the day and what I'm gonna do with the day I'm seizing is rewatch a movie I didn't like that much when I was like five. You can do that at Amazon.prime. They provide their own rating system for the movies on there. So that if you don't trust IMDb, you don't trust the tomato meter, uh, there's this, this widely diverse range of scores that movies can get on, on Amazon.com. And what do you think this one got on, on that website? Do we only have commerce? Do we only have options of whole stars? Or can I go into like decimal points? 
can go to decimal points. That's what's so great about Amazon's unparalleled rating system for ranking movies. In that case, I'm gonna say this movie got 4.4 out of 5 stars. No, no, that's not what it got. We're at 4.5 out of 5 stars on Amazon.com. I was so close and yet so very, very far away. I can't believe you did that on air even. I know, I'm so sorry. There's a... <laughs> yes, this is the 27th movie in a row of 4.5 stars out of 5 on Amazon. <laughs> IMDb keywords for this movie are post-apocalypse, global warming, swimming, water, non-consensual haircut. I didn't realize that that last tag was frequent enough to get its own tag. I know, right? It's a hashtag. Huh. If you want to dig deep into the non-consensual haircut genre... I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little concerned when you said non-consensual. And then you continued on with haircut and I thought, okay. Thank goodness. Yeah, there's no... There's it's not a... Okay, so I've explored this tag. There are two movies in it. It's Waterworld 1995 and Thor Ragnarok 2017. In non-consensual haircuts. There have to be more movies where people's hairs, hair is cut without their consent. Oh, definitely. But there's two that someone bothered to tag with it on IMDb. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most... Like, wrestling pay-per-views are on IMDb, and there are a lot of times where someone's hair is cut without their, con without their consent, and like, why wouldn't those be tagged? That seems so weird to me. Really? Yeah, like, that's one of the big, uh, one of the not like super common but it's a gimmick thing is someone will put their hair on the line in a match and like they'll lose and then they have to get their head shaved V for Vendetta isn't even on here that was a much bigger scene than that one yeah 
That's so weird. Oh well. I don't know. It's also tagged with Ultraversion Studio logo, which is actually my favorite part. Oh, right, right. Sorry, I was, I was like, totally, I did not even realize what you were talking about, and then I remembered. Oh, right, the Universal logo was... That was actually pretty cool. So, this is, this is a, a bunch of Matinee Manatee's All-Stars returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one. We got director Kevin Reynolds, who's also the guy who did Prince of Thieves. Yeah. We've got Kevin Costner, also the guy who did Prince of Thieves. Yeah. As our as our star player. And we've got Dennis Hopper from Super Mario Brothers as the bad guy again <laughs> going a little a little different than Koopa in this but not a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> what I can tell you is that I for some reason even though I knew Dennis this was Dennis Hopper for some reason, in my notes, every time I saw him on screen, I wrote down that it was Robert Duvall, and I don't know why I did that. And it's... it's so... I don't get it. Sorry, good. No, I was... Well, it, it occurred to me during this movie that... Dennis Hopper and Michael Rooker are very much the same kind of thing. I kept getting mixed up, and for some reason it never occurred to me before. Like, yeah, yeah, Michael Rooker is next generation Dennis Hopper. Like, these guys are are very close, and one should have played the other's father at some point. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure Dennis Hopper's dead, so that's yeah. It's not gonna happen. But, yeah. Uh, I also I wanted to point something out on this that do it. I was looking up the awards that this movie was nominated for and won, and. Dennis Hopper won the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Supporting Actor, which... Look, oh, fuck that. Look, Golden Raspberry no. Awards, like... I know that they're, like, controversial in the fact that a lot of people think that they're bullshit because... Seems like the people who are like voting for those don't actually bother to watch the movies. And uh, fuck you, Golden Raspberry Awards. Dennis Hopper was the best thing about this movie by far. Yeah, they give Golden Raspberries to things 
because they don't like the movie overall. It has nothing to do, I'm convinced, with uh, actual performance within them. Yeah, like they have some sort of weird vendetta against Sylvester Stallone because he's been either nominated or won worst actor like six times. It's like, why do you hate Sylvester Stallone so much? Like, yeah, he's made some stupid movies. He's also made some decent stuff. Well, the mere fact that he didn't acknowledge Dennis Hopper as one of the best actors in, uh... I mean, definitely the best actor in this movie. I think one of the best actors of all time, cause... Yeah. Cause... I don't know, that's an exaggeration. I just like him. Yeah, but I just kept thinking he was Michael Rooker and vice versa. It occurred to me just very recently that I uh, never actually distinguished those two. I always assumed they were the same person. <laughs> so I just, I don't understand why they would... can't think of the word, why they would besmirch the good name of Dennis Hopper with a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor in this film when he was clearly the best part of this film, which I know is not saying much, but when you consider like his competition, quote-unquote, for the Golden Raspberries in 1995. The other people who were nominated were Tim Curry and Congo, which I admit I haven't seen Congo, but I would never nominate Tim Curry for Worst Actor ever. No, uh, no I'm... With that, I mean, seeing it, I'm 80% sure he's the best thing about it. Yeah. Someone named Robert Davi in Showgirls, which I think was most people's pick for the worst film of 1995. And oddly enough, Robert Duvall in, uh, in The Scarlet Letter. And Alan Ratchins in Showgirls. So, why on earth would you pick Dennis Hopper as the worst actor of 1995 Golden Raspberry Awards? Oh, here, let me, let me give you some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, my own head, my own head, my own head cannon. So... Before we started this podcast, I had thought about doing a podcast where I watched all the movies in the, like, the Golden, that were nominated for Golden Raspberry Awards, and I didn't do it. That's not a bad premise, actually. Yeah, but... They seem to just not really give a shit 
kit about like actual quality of actors' performances. They just say like, oh, this movie was dumb, right? We pro- probably everyone said it was dumb. And like, hey, it's probably fun to shit on a legendary actor like Dennis Hopper. Let's just go ahead and give him worse supporting actor awards. Like, you know what? Fuck you, Golden Raspberry Awards. You're wrong. Well, now I'm I'm intrigued. Like, if we if we do watch a bunch of Golden Raspberry winners, are they even gonna be bad movies, or is that just like how how far off are they? Maybe we should do that anyway, you know? Well, here's another clue for you. I just scrolled up a couple years. Danny DeVito is nominated for Worst Supporting Actor in Batman Returns. Alright, so yeah, we should just watch those movies because they don't know what they're talking about and they're going pretty much opposite. Yeah, no, they're... I don't understand what their motivation is in picking the people that they pick. They don't get it. Christian Christian Slater was nominated for a supporting actor in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. What the fuck, Golden Raspberry Awards? (laughs) What are you doing? I mean, no, he wasn't good. But, like, he wasn't, like, worst actor of the year. I'm just trying to think who else was in that movie. Because, I mean, you can't give it... You can't be Alan Ripken, for God's sake. No. Uh, it can't be Morgan Freeman... And it can't be God with the voice. <laughs> What's his name? I can't Dan remember. Scott Wayne Scotting. Oh yeah, David Wayne Scott. Something like that. Mm. David, I can check. I have the internet. Hold on. Michael Wincott. Okay. From Crowland. I mean, it can't, it can't be him because he's magnificent. So I'm just thinking, like, maybe Kristen Slayer was the worst actor in that movie just because, I mean, he definitely wasn't part of Yeah, but why would he be nominated over what I'm sure were many other bad movies in 1991. Oh, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. That was, that was all the thing. It's like, they, they always nominate five people for five or sometimes more movies. And, like, 
Why would you nominate him? Because there, I'm, sure there, I'm certain there were many more much worse performances than his performance in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But that's all I'm getting at. It's like, I, I don't get it. Well, I say, if we have any trouble coming with another movie to do next time, we should use your idea if you don't want to use it for something else. <laughs> and, uh, check out these uh, the Golden Raspberry Worst Movies? Yeah. Golden Raspberry Winners under the assumption that they're actually quite good. After after the uh, the poll I'm going to put up, which I haven't narrowed down to some categories, you guys. So it's been like years since I did a poll. But I'm thinking, like, we could do movies about lighthouse keepers who go missing under spooky circumstances, because there's three of those. Could movies with Brad <laughs> Skelton people? Could do spooky stop motion? We can do. Horror movies that tell you how many days they are long in the title? Because <laughs> there's a bunch of those. <laughs> movies with green CGI protagonists? <laughs> um, and I don't have quite enough yet, but I'll come with one or two more samples. Movies with uh, chrome and er, sequels with chrome antagonists. Like, can you give me the exact what you have for that? Uh, Fantastic Four 2. Oh. As the Silver Surfer. And Terminator 2. I want to have so far, but I'm sure there's another one, like Baby Transformers. Point is, I'm bad at categories. <laughs> I think you have plenty of options there. Horrors that tell you how many days they're on the title 28 days later, 30 days a night, 21 days, or 7 days. That's a lot. That is, as far as like naming that is many, that is many films that just have the number of days in the title that are also specifically horror movies. Yeah. You know, I've gone pretty far afield here, but like... <laughs> It's also starring Gene Triplehorn, or Jane Triplehorn. She's from The Firm and Basic Instinct and Criminal Minds and Big Love and the Gilded, A the, the Gilded Age. She's much bigger in TV than movies, it seems like, but she's done both. And the, uh, 
this girl from Napoleon Dynamite, Tina Majorino, who's yeah. also in Napoleon Dynamite, and Legends, Grey's Anatomy, Scorpion, Veronica Mars, and Big Love. So, Gene Triplehorn and her work together again. Hmm. After this. Pete. I only knew her from Napoleon Dynamite, but that's neat. Yeah, her, she has a very recognizable face. Like, I, I recognized her as from that movie on my own, and then from everything else via research cheating. Hmm. So, okay, so, so I did a little bit of math while I was watching this movie because it's that interesting. So... <laughs> We can't look at the height of Everest, because that's still dry in this, right? Yeah. But K2, the second highest peak in the world, 800 miles away from Everest, is 28,251 feet above sea level. So the water's at least that deep, or at least that much deeper than currently. The city they go to, halfway through, two-thirds of the way through, whatever, is Denver, Colorado. I think they're trying to do like a funny thing there, because that's, you know, that's the Mile High City. But the elevation of Denver is 5,280 feet. So this motherfucker can dive at least 2,297, or sorry, 22,971 feet straight down. He must have really had a bad. He had to have had a pretty bad case of the bands when he came off, right? You'd think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like they act like his mutation is just like gross feet and and uh, ear vaginas, but like the the pressure. The world record for scuba diving is 1,090 feet and 4.5 inches. Set by a guy named Ahmad Gaber and or Gabar Gaber. There's no vowel, it's G A B R. Who took 15 hours to resurface so his brain wouldn't explode. And there were some modern atmospheric suits that can go up to 2,000 feet deep, but that's like with armor and stuff. The record for current depth any man made object has gone. 
with, you know, intact, I'm sure there's litter below it, but is set by the depth of the Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench at 36,000 feet, give or take. Record set in 1960 by a Swiss designed submersible called Triste. Apparently the current record is like 30 feet further set by some rich guy who's like an investment firm dude and just does stuff for fun. But I'm not going to mention his name because I think he's a jerk. But that record isn't set by technology so much as just the, the depth of the ocean. But point is, deepest point in the ocean in the world right now is 36,000 feet and Costner in this movie free dives 22,000 feet and there's not that much water on the planet which bothers me because it would have been easy when you're doing sci-fi bullshit to just say also, an asteroid landed that was fucking made of ice, and you're done. But they didn't even do it, so I'm mad. Yeah, they only tell us that the polar ice caps melted. Like, there's nothing else that. I don't. Like, I don't know how much volume of water the polar ice caps melting would create on this planet I don't know if it would submerge the planet by 25,000 feet I mean we, we know right because they need to have mountains that tall all over the polar ice caps for it to be even that tall for the the volume for the surface area of the ice caps, right? Yeah. Like I'm not a mathematician, but but that can't be. I mean, maybe it also, happened and they just didn't say anything because history was lost to time because the previous 500 years. I need ice asteroids. <laughs> ice droids? Sorry. Ice droids. Ice Pirates, the movie, starting on Pearl. <laughs> That's a million dollar idea right there. Just Ron Perlman in there, it's already a million dollar idea. Combine those universes. <laughs> yeah. I wanna, if I ever win the lottery, I want to do like bridging sequels where like, did you know that the Matrix and Terminator are the same universe? <laughs> do you know that 
Ice Pirates in the water hole in the same universe. And there's just always, it's always just Ron Perlman tying them together. You know that the Joker movie and Jim Carrey's The Mask <laughs> are in the same year. Oh, God. Watch those two back to back. They fit. It's weird. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Uh, there was also in Hawaii where they filmed a local economic depression because of something with sugarcane plants that I don't really understand. But then the equipment kept going missing because the crew would take it because of local economic depression. You gotta. So they kept losing generators and computers. Uh, they apparently rented Kevin Costner a four thousand dollar night beach house while most of the crew were in uninsulated bungalows. Wow. And Costner was apparently going through a divorce at the time. The tablets were following him around. Which is part of the reason why they wanted to go ahead to sea and blocked non-crew ships from getting from like a quarter mile because paparazzi were falling around. Hmm. The stunt coordinator got the bins. Costner's stuntman, who is apparently a famous surfer of some kind, lived on Maui and commuted all the way to the Big Island via jet ski every day, <laughs> which is rad. <laughs> no disrespect there. That's rad. That's so much better than driving to work or getting a bus or a ferry or something. Definitely. But at one point, Something went wrong mechanically, whereas Jeske was leaking gas, or he just forgot to fill it up or something, and he got stranded halfway between Maui and the Big Island, and had to be rescued <laughs> from his daily commute. Amazing. Because that's like 12 miles to swim or something. Jesus. Oh, and not only did the slavers head sink, the atoll sank once and had to be dredged up. <laughs> God. Uh, at one point, the executives, fearing how much the cost had overrun, um, we're trying to pull funding if they didn't cut some action scenes. And Costner, rightly so, I think, was like, the action scenes are the entire point of this movie. <laughs> and forfeited his own back end to keep funding him. Hmm. So I'll give him credit for that. The, uh... 
the, the, the dopey jet ski fight thing, fight scene stuff in the Atoll is the best part of this movie, and last I checked, they were still doing the Universal Studios live show where you can go and just sort of see stuntmen doing jet ski stuff and reacting to this movie. And I think I saw that when I was like 12, and it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I think they said that the... What is it called? Hold on. I just have the article up here. Waterworld Alive Sea War Spectacular is still apparently running as of 2021. And also, guys, if you don't have time to see this movie, if they have videos of just that live show, it's the best part. (laughs) It's very cool. Those are all the behind the scenes stuff I was able to find in the internet. Cool. Or at least before I gave up because there are a bunch of sites that have the same stuff on them. You know, when you read the same thing like 15 times, you're like, well, that's probably it, right? <laughs> yeah, it seems so, like it. If there's something else interesting that I didn't discover, I'm sorry, but I can only read about Kevin Costner's divorce so many times before I'm <laughs> like, it's not that's what I got. What I got. I don't really have a lot. Like, my research consists of looking at the Wikipedia page and saying like, oh, interesting about the production, about like the the one thing that stuck out to me about their production was the fact they built two separate, the Trimoran, they built like two separate ones, one that was actually like race-worthy, and then one that had all the gadgets and stuff, like the, the pop-up sales and everything like that. And uh, those were like custom built by this company to uh, just for the specific purpose of this movie. It's it kind of neat to read about that. It's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll give the boat credit. I'm jealous of this boat. Mm-hmm. It's the big sort of hammock setup. It looks fun. Yeah. I feel like I need to wear a, a bungee cord attached to the mast and a belt at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And apparently it's, uh, it, it works and it was like purchased by a millionaire somewhere who still uses it, right? Like it's out there somewhere being seaworthy. I think one of them is, and one of them is just 
in like a Universal Studios lot somewhere. I forget which one is which. I think probably the race worthy one is purchased by some millionaire billionaire and it can it actually can be used for racing and that sort of stuff. The other one's almost just a floating like mechanic set, right? Yeah, but it actually can sail. I think is what I read is it actually is but sail fast versus just like a won't sink and has a I, I don't remember how much it was. it was I think it said it was seaworthy but it didn't say necessarily like how quickly it sails so I, I don't know off the top of my head point is knowing nothing about sailing I want one <laughs> I still think this boat is cool, like, 20 years later, so... <laughs> so, Catamaran as well just has one sort of outrigger, right? I know absolutely you know. nothing about... <laughs> about boats. So it's like there's canoes with an outrigger and then there's two outriggers or pontoons and nothing in between. Then it's a catamaran, but if it's just a bunch of pontoons and it's flat, then it's a pontoon boat and there are a bunch of funny YouTube videos about drunks on rivers basically sinking their pontoon boats because just like floating kitchen. That's all I know about boats. Okay. We don't really know how to use them. Or manatees, we kind of just float under them. But that's what I know about boats. Exactly. You'll have to ask our producers who sync the microphones if you want to know how the rowboat works. <laughs> uh, their names are also Ben and Sam, fortunately. <laughs> it's a weird coincidence how that happened. <laughs> Alright, so we open on the Universal logo. It gets all wet, and I uh, love it. It's neat. The, the lands on the sphere, it's neat. I like it when the logo uh, segues into things. Doesn't happen often enough. It should happen every movie. It's neat. I like it. It's neat. Uh, yeah. But then a voiceover is like, let's show and tell. Like all the coaches say. Well, so that was that wasn't just a voiceover. That was Don LaFontaine. That was the voice of all movie the, trailers. Yeah. Which 
Which I wonder if they put that in the movie just so they could use it in the trailer or not have to pay twice. Probably. I wouldn't put it past them. I'd do that. But, but shortly, it just sort of describes, like, hey, listen, here's what's going on. If you couldn't tell from the Universal logo thing, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact about this, this opening shot where they're sort of coming down to the, the trimaran, they used actual water to film the shot of the boat. Then we open on Kevin Costner peeing and, and then drinking it. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, piss drinking by minute two. <laughs> yeah, I like this movie. I was gonna say, like, this movie has about the quickest decline in it that since, like, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, excuse me. It's the opening shot. <laughs> Zoom in from space to piss trick. <laughs> we know where we are. The premise, I guess, is that they have these water filters that can filter out, like, urea and salt and everything that makes piss undrinkable, but not, like, just salt from salt water. See, that's another thing that I thought I wondered about later on in the film was if the polar ice caps melted, wouldn't that dilute the salt content in the in the ocean water enough to the point where it might end up being drinkable with a filter of some sort? I think by the math it would, actually. But e even if it didn't, like, I can't think of a single filter that works on piss and not seawater anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use the word piss a lot in this show. Wonderful. Is that okay? Should I say pee? It doesn't, just funny it, doesn't bo it doesn't bother me, dude. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so anyway, we, we linger. It's a slow, sensual <laughs> shot of Kevin Costner drinking room temperature piss. As heroic music plays. As heroic music plays in the background. Can we talk about the fucking sound? Jesus Christ, dude. The fucking soundtrack. It's, it's scored like some sort of a swashbuckly. It's score like the Robin Hood movie should have been. <laughs> but it's, uh... It's so ridiculously heroic and, like... 
I can't think of the right word for it, but it's just, it's so just heroic and so over-the-top bombastic and, like, so positive so much of the time despite the fact that we're in a post-apocalyptic essential wasteland. Like, I oh, that was another thing I read about it was this movie was basically Mad Max, but with water instead of a, a desert wasteland, which was the original screenwriter's basic concept was he just wanted to rip off Mad Max and just put it underwater instead. And that was how they came up with this movie. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's not a bad idea, honestly, but it's just they, they played it so close to the original concept and didn't branch out much at all, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, Mad Max with the Ocean is, is, it's like not just a description, it's like, pretty much the tagline of the movie, which is not how you're supposed to do these things, I yeah. think. But the soundtrack uh, is so ridiculous. Because, <laughs> oh... Yeah, well, it'll, it'll cut from, like, just a, just a scene of this, like, filthy fish monster beating a woman and drinking his piss and be like da 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 no <laughs> I marked that down several times and <laughs> it's like something terrible is happening while heroic music is playing in the background <laughs> yeah it's like Flipping over the, like, body sludge pit with a machete or something. <laughs> and sort of dun 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 makes no. <laughs> My god. Um, so it's a disaster already. I do like... We, we see the stuff he's got on his boat. His boat's cool. He's got all those oval wind turbine things. Mm-hmm. And he's got a harmonica on a windsock. <laughs> and that's fun. Uh, his boat hits something, so he's gotta go get garbage. Because he's like, maybe that garbage has piss in it. <laughs> so he's gonna go trying to find whatever he hit but then while he's down there uh, someone steals lemons and 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 that's where it sets up to like hey this post-apocalyptic wasteland is kind of harsh which is new and exciting ever so slightly but there are bad guys on ski-doos. 
And for some reason, they're dirty, even though there's water everywhere. I don't know how you even stay sooty while riding a ski-doo. Like, you must be very careful not to splash. Well, I mean, they're called smokers because they smoke, so maybe there's just... They just decide to spread the ashes of the smoke on them at all times. It would still still wash off in like sea spray though. But it's it's also it's seawater so maybe it's the salt and grime from the sea and like algae from the from various different plants and fungi and reefs and things that are getting on them. Why am I trying to justify the stupidity of this movie? God, what am I... What's wrong? So I thought they were... I thought they were called smokers because their vehicles smoked, which makes sense, but then, like, for some reason, they also have a bunch of cigarettes, so everyone smokes. See, I don't know where they're getting the cigarettes. Yeah, I I don't understand. But those go stale, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and, like, there's one point where... I almost call him Robert Duvall, where Dennis Hopper, like, pulls Koopa. out... Koopa. Yes. Where he just pulls out, like, an intact pack of cigarettes, of, like, Marlboros or something. It's like, how did those survive 500 years? Just, like, being perfectly what? intact. Yeah, so maybe he's literally throwing them away. It's like just tossing them out. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. So the smokers aren't called smokers because their vehicles smoke. It's because they're all smokers. Yeah, and they're they're taking unauthorized smoke breaks while their their co-workers have to stay inside. <laughs> Miss all those important conversations about promotions and stuff, and that's why we hate them. <laughs> Robin Hood's faster than this little pirate be- because his boat has gears instead of just ropes, but the ski new guys are still faster and have unlimited gas and bullets somehow. <laughs> So everything combustible is just these guys' old thing. <laughs> so they, they fire 8,000 precious rounds in this general direction and then catch the little the lemon pirate instead. I think, I think it's proven 
during the course of the movie that ammunition is not precious at all. <laughs> because they have infinity bullets. Listen, the fact that currency is dirt, <laughs> but like full metal jackets are super common. <laughs> this is crap, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like at least you can. It'd be a more interesting world if you were like having to have them have. I don't know, like, like some sort of makeshifty weapons, or like, mm-hmm. like harpoons. Harpoons are cool. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I do love the look, though. The uh, the everything being all rust bucket and kind of filthy even though it's on the ocean like it does look like old boats and stuff mm-hmm. not like 500 year old boats and stuff because without maintenance boats fall apart that's why you maintain them but it does look convincingly rusted metal and Old and like everything kind of squeaks when you use it, and like I kind, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, there's worse looks. Yeah. Uh, God, what else even happens? So I'm already pretty lost because. Physics in this role make no sense. Conservation of matter makes no sense. <laughs> but they do use, I don't know, like, let's say seven or eight pounds solid of ammunition to steal these three lemons so they get the guy. Then he goes this floating fort that has no arable land or anything except for one tree on the corner. I guess they all eat sharks or something? It it must be. I don't know what else they would do because they're... When he gets there, they're like... Recycling, I guess, a dead body into their weird cesspit or something. And. Yeah. Like, I would think, and this is admittedly the post apocalyptic mindset that I have. If you have a perfectly good dead body, why don't you eat it? Like, it's human. I know it's taboo, but, like, why wouldn't you, like, use that for, like, food? That would probably feed the entire people on that atoll for, like, Several days. 
I would think. Well, I assume, and I think this is the only part of the world building, well, the only part of the movie I actually did in world building that I, I kind of liked. Because doing this weird prayer about like, recycling and mm-hmm. her becoming vines and fruit and stuff, and there's that one tree in that little sort of park, 30-foot area, which couldn't possibly feed the island, but, but where that's that's where they're they're putting her. And they also cut her hair off first, which you'd assume, you know, maybe he's that for and stuff. Like it kinda makes sense. Hmm. Cause they also passed by a uh, or Robin Hood passes by a a shark that's hanging there being butchered up. Mm-hmm. So my assumption was that meat isn't that much of a shortage, but like fruit and grain and anything that grows in dirt is, you know? Yeah. Because for some reason they don't seem to harvest algae or anything. And they refuse to use their their pisty salinators on the <laughs> seawater. Mm-hmm. But they're still in this case sharks, and later on terrible giant CGI sharks <laughs> that they can eat. So I, I, my assumption was that that's the. Uh, I thought they were going to do a lot more world building, but then this is pretty much the end of it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because they have like four locales the entire movie. There's this place, there's the Trimoran, there's the smoker's base and then there's the end of the movie I mean there's underwater Denver but that barely counts because they're only there for like a minute so yeah didn't super need that scene (laughs) but it's a whole yeah Robin Hood's bothering children with a mirror, and the sheriff stops him, like, stop bothering children with a mirror. <laughs> I like this guy, actually, the, the enforcer guy. I, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was, uh, he was an enjoyable character. He was just like... Might be the only good guy in the movie. He's the only guy who is legitimately like, just don't cause trouble, don't be a jackass, you know, and just cause no trouble. Do not recreationally blind our children, please? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Coster's selling dirt for clean water. Oh, I get like the dirt. I kind of 
No, I just, I was trying to figure out what the hell they were talking about when they were talking about hydro, and I was like, oh, it's just water. I assume it's bad slang for water. Oh, okay. Well, makes sense. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But it makes, like... This is one of the things you can't take directly from Mad Max, you guys. <laughs> Mad Max is in the desert where there's not much water. And this place is in the ocean where there's nothing but water. And like... If these guys are smart enough to figure out, like, gear systems and automatic pulley gates and, and recycle trough for, like, human composting and stuff, you can figure out how to evaporate seawater and make not seawater. Like, I can do that. I want to do the Boy Scouts with Saran Wrap. Like, <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, it is the year 2500. There's probably no saran wrap. You don't need it, though. You need any, <laughs> like, you need any ceiling that moisture can collect on. And any floor that seawater can evaporate on. <laughs> That's. I'm, plus, he has a little crank machine that desalinates his piss! Like. <laughs> he can do it with piss! voice you're getting dangerously close to what might actually be considered a normal pitched voice. There's a whole ocean out there and it's all in a piss. You can bring the ocean centric to piss. Sells his dirt. <laughs> yeah, he sells his dirt. I like selling dirt. That makes sense to me. It'd be hard to get dirt mm -hmm. unless you had something like a strainer that you could, you know, 
fucking strain particulates out of the water so you can drink it, then use the particulates as dirt. But as we've established, like the other, I guess. As we've established, yeah, exactly. As we've established, they don't understand the pos- the uh, the concept of filtering. Oh goddamn! Scoop up plankton and leave it in the sun till it dies, and then turn it into dirt. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> This clearly bad guy who kind of looks like he should have been from He-Man, but he's not. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting info about a map to dryland on someone's back. They they stick their fingers into the water, put on their gums like cocaine to see if it's real water. <laughs> and he spends half his dirt money on a tomato plant, which is in a pot full of dirt. So I don't understand how this economy goes around. <laughs> He's like, can I trade you useless dirt for dirt with useful stuff in it? And they're like, yes, this is the backward person. <laughs> like, did they not notice that? He sells a bag of dirt for a larger pot of dirt with a tomato plant <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna justify the actions of the homeless atoll because, <laughs> like, they all, for many reasons, deserve to die. Like, these people are monsters, which we'll find out about in just a little bit. Well, they're not... It's true to call them monsters. They're religious conservatives. That's okay. They're monsters. That's a valid lifestyle. (laughs) To who? So he he buys the tomato plant and all the shelving from this one lady. Yeah, the lady who runs the the store is friends or mom or big sister to Tattoo Girl from Napoleon Dynamite and a random absent-minded professor who has a goblin glider. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, Gum Letters, Spider-Man, the, the World <laughs> of Warcraft, you know, the big blimps, they, you know. Yeah, the ones that the, the, they use to traverse the orcs use or whatever. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me, because I'll stitch it together it's Leonardo da Vinci. So Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> is also there. He serves very little purpose in the movie, except later on he can translate Chinese. Um, uh, and, and apparently this little girl has a tattoo and she was like, like one? Like one or two? Did they actually say when she had? I don't remember when they said that she got the. They say they picked her up as a baby. Oh, okay. From, like, you know, Moses' basket. And. Then she has this tattoo on her back, which shows the location of dry land. But then, like, like I'm not a tattoo artist, but I know that when you get tattoos and gain even a little bit of weight, like they distort all crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you're Baby, <laughs> and then grow into a person like you're not gonna be able to read that tattoo. <laughs> I mean, that is probably why it takes several people what seem like weeks to translate what's on there, what's on her back. I don't know. It's just this. Blurred mess. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So one fun behind-the-scenes thing. Um, when translated from Chinese, the actual in-movie tattoo apparently gives the real-life coordinates for Mount Everest. I was curious about that. Hmm. Like, some effort went into this movie. I think it went into the wrong places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's interesting stuff like that. <laughs> so, he, he buys the tomato plant and the shelves, and then Uncle from Jackie Chan Adventure shows up. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's actually him. Awesome. That was Sab Shimono. <laughs> I thought he had some more voice, but he didn't want to say so. So if I got it wrong, it seems racist. Nope, it is him. I know. I recognize awesome. the voice too. It's like that's that's Uncle. I know that. And he's one of the leaders of the, uh, 
uh, Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hey, will you knock up my daughter? <laughs> She's like, no, that sounds lame. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> So instead Are you of an incel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I would have thought it the other way. I thought, well, maybe he's, he's like, oh, what are you, gay? Or whatever. He doesn't want to have oh, sex with a woman. It's like, what, is he gay? Uh, so instead of... Instead of saying like, okay, well, bye, they immediately think he's a spy for the smokers. Uh, so they, they, they capture him and they find out that he has gills, which that apparently means that he's a mutant and he must be murdered. Instead of, you know, (laughs) instead of, you know, being kept around to be useful for them and maybe actually, you know, trying to create a race of guild people who can dive down and collect stuff from the bottom of the ocean. But no, yeah, they just decided to kill him. I hate this? It's... I was like, hey, can I get your boring about-to-die jizz off my daughter? He's like, uh, no, sorry, I have, uh, viable future jizz, and you can't have it. And like, oh, fuck, burn him then. Like, no! <laughs> I would tie him up and give him all the daughters. Yeah, and this is this is where I decided. Okay, well, if they're gonna just they're just if they're just going to decide that this person who could be extremely helpful to them is not going to help them, that they're just gonna murder him. They all decide. They all deserve to die because it's like, well, fuck them. They're not gonna, you know, just basically be resigned to the, their fate. That they're obviously gonna die anyway. Why would you kill well, other also, people at the same time? What's also weird to me is how Robin Hood's not like. Yeah, keep it on the down low. Like, yeah, we can do the thing, but I gotta keep uh, my my you know my my scarf on the whole time or something. Cause then he could be you know surreptitiously saving the world. Cause if a bunch of kids are born with gills, they're not gonna. Well, maybe they'll kill them all. I don't know. But. I mean, uh, it's just weird. I don't know. Just it bothered me the fact that like, like if if you're not gonna, well, 
like if he if he would have given them his seed or whatever to provide babies and children eventually adults that also have gills that could potentially cause the atoll to survive longer. But no, they just decided, okay, you're different from us. You have to die. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, I can see, like, a bunch of things. You can imprison him. You can smash up his boat so he has to stay there and help you out. Like, a bunch mm-hmm. of things make more sense than, like... Like, look out! Possibilities! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there, there's a, there's a, they traps him and sees he's got gills behind his ears. There's an underwater fight, but he can breathe underwater, so he's fine. Mm-hmm. Can't dodge the net though for some reason. He also just can't go under and out of this thing. Even though people on skidoos can, but but he with his gills and his super swimming speed can't. I guess he didn't want to leave his boat behind because his boat was moored inside the. The atoll, right? Also, why does this guy need a boat? Because he's got all this stuff on there, man. He's got all his tchotchkes and shit. He doesn't want to leave that behind. You could leave him on the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Look, I'm not... Um, I'll I'll stop trying to justify the actions of these characters in this movie because they obviously have no justification. But, like... I'm just saying, like, okay, so the ocean isn't just, like, an endless plane of water, right? There's a bottom to it, and he can go to it. And, like... It's all barren on the surface, because the only things around are like a couple of boats and a weird like buoy or something. But if you go down, you could have whatever apartment you want. It's just going to be filled with water, which is bad for people who don't have gills. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was a merman in this world, you'd see me, like, on the surface, I don't know, an hour a day to get some sun, and that'd be it, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that he's making the right decision by sticking around. I'm just saying that... His, maybe his justification was that he didn't want to let his... She didn't want to leave his ship behind. Like, picture one of those douchey McMansions we'll never be able to afford. 
now put water over for 500 years and be like, is that not still a lot of space? <laughs> you know? I mean, you wouldn't even need the apartment. You could just kind of hang out in the water. Yeah, and like, I, I guess if you're worried about sharks or something, but it's clearly not, because that's how he eats, is by getting eaten by sharks and somehow not dying. Because he's mm-hmm. got Wolverine healing factor, too. <laughs> <laughs> he does get shot and basically just shrugs it off like it's nothing later on in the film. He gets Eaten. <laughs> <laughs> right, that giant six-inch CGI teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, it turns out he, he's a mutant. You think this is gonna be a big plot point? It's pretty much not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. The climax of the movie does not need him to be any sort of fish man. Uh, <laughs> the plot of the movie doesn't need him to be any sort of fish man. It's just in there for no discernible reason. It's for this and for the scene where he takes what's her name underwater to Denver. Which also contributes nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's... And he, when he takes her down to Denver, he's got a fucking bathosphere anyway, which is how he takes her. Like, he doesn't need to be <laughs> the fish monster. <laughs> He could be the guy with the bathosphere. <laughs> and God, almost moving. <laughs> this should be such a big thing. <laughs> anyway, this never comes up again. So he, <laughs> normal people want to kill him. He, he seems to know this. I don't know why he puts, why he comes to this place. But listen, Robin Hood says he's the only one because Leonardo da Vinci comes up and like, is examining him, he's like, oh, you've got gross feet as well. (laughs) (laughs) Which is his whole power, is is gross feet and gills, which is fine, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Gills are enough. But he knows normal people want to kill him, and he says... I'm the only one, or he's the only one he knows of? Yeah. So how come everybody in this random, isolated, junk house knew exactly what he was the second they saw his his ear gills? If he's the only one. 
because one guy yelled that he's a mutant and therefore everyone believes it. Not what I mean, but everyone knows what that means right away, you know? I, I don't necessarily know if they knew that he had gills and webbed feet. They just knew that he was not a regular human. A regular, you know, cis-het white human. I'm sorry, that's not all cis-het white. Uh... Sab Shimona's is not yeah, white, so. Like, I know I compare them all. These guys aren't literally as bad as the contemporary groups I <laughs> They're awfully close to it, though. <laughs> um. But no, it's a, it's a, I mean, f- fair point maybe, but it definitely implies at least other mutants have been around, like, non-mariner, they know enough about mutants to know that's a kill on sight offense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just weird that he's saying going on. And also, I'm then intrigued. I want to see a different movie about Waterworld where you see the other horrible mutant fish monsters. Because, like, okay, this is the guy who still kind of looks like Kevin Costner and has, you know, uh, conveniently placed ear gills instead of giant looks like he's dying neck gills or something. <laughs> what about like, what about the jellyfish guy? You know? <laughs> what about the no arms, no legs, just tentacles, all pleasure guy? <laughs> 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 just. <laughs> The octopus man. <laughs> yeah, well, no, an octopus man would be cool. I'm thinking just a badly formed, just uh, arms and legs are tentacles of equivalent legs. That's the only difference. It's like a horrible starfish. Just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I just I just wanna see the other options. Like how can this go? One guy who looks exactly like a normal person he has shark teeth and eyes. That's a cool one. It's like I can't actually breathe underwater, but I can bite. <laughs> Some of us are better than other ones. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking Futurama mostly. Yeah. And Leo's parents. That's what I want in this movie. It's Leo's parents. I want a lot of things in this movie. 
Never mind. Okay, so they... We could just go watch Futurama instead. What if we did? I'd be okay with that. Yes. The rest of the movie he sails. Uh, <laughs> thank you for watching Nancy Man. <laughs> so episode one of Futurama tries playing Donkey Kong. Still walk along. We're gonna call it Past Drama because the show's over. <laughs> I do kind of want to do one of those, like, watch every episode of a TV show podcast. I've never actually listened to one all the way through, but I've listened to a couple episodes of some. And it seems fun. I'm down. I'll do that. I don't know if Futurama's a good one to make fun of, though. You know what I wanted? You know what I watch again? What? Because of this movie. The 90s X-Men cartoon. Ooh. That would be an interesting one to watch again. I haven't watched that one since it was on. 30 years ago. God damn it, I'm old. Call it X Boys or something. <laughs> or the X X Men files. The X X Men. That's pretty good. Huh? Well, I don't know if it's, if it's X Men. I feel like it'll it'll be infringing on probably someone's. Clever Trans Podcast. Mm. Oh, that's that's fair. But, but the, you know, we got a long time to come up with the title. We should also search to make sure someone hasn't already done this. We have some like Ariel on board because she loves the X Men. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's do it. Like, hey, you, genius friend of ours is like a surgeon, never expressed any interest in doing a podcast or even listening to ours. <laughs> do you want to podcast on the X-Men with us? Should be like, who's this? I'm like, oh, we were friends 20 years ago. <laughs> Wolverine the X-Men, that was a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Or like X-Men Evolution was a cartoon. Yeah. Or I think there's an X-Men anime that had like twelve episodes. Probably, I don't know. This could, this could go for years. 
must be weird or things. Let's do it. Alright. Alright. Put down the back burner. See y'all next wow. month. <laughs> so. It's alright, dude. In retrospect, Robin Hood being you doesn't affect the plot at all. Uh, the guy who knows about the girl's tattoo asks him if he knows what it means, but he won't help him because he's like, I, I, I already didn't want to give you guys mutant children. I think I'm going to help you find dry land. I want everyone to die. Mm-hmm. You kind of get it. And they decide, because he has gills, they're going to drown him in poo. But... A, they're trying to drown him. And B, it's poo. And little did they know that, that Aquaman Robin Hood loves both of those things. <laughs> He's like, A, I have gills, and B, that poo's filled with delicious piss. <laughs> so he's gonna be. <laughs> oh, God. So he has a plan. <laughs> he's just gonna enjoy himself. <laughs> He's just gonna hang out. Yep. Be like, oh, they tried to punch me. They've actually just been feeding me grapes for 20 years. <laughs> or hang out down here. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so. Suddenly, Skeeter Pirates show up to save him. <laughs> Again! This is the second time this has happened. Yeah. I mean, they don't... They saved him from Lemon Pirate. And now they're saving him from... Delicious Poop. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you just said Lemon Pie. I was like, when was there a lemon pot? Oh, the other guy. I don't know if there were lemons or limes, actually, but green citrus. I wasn't paying that close attention. I'm going to say lemons because it's a funnier word. Okay. Lemon pirate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which, I mean, it makes sense if you would need citrus, because, you know, scurvy and all. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it... It was another moment of decent world building in an otherwise neglecting world building movie. There's... I mean, there's... there's 
there's flashes of really good stuff in here. This is why it's such a frustrating movie. Like, even, uh, I joke a lot about how the opening scene is him drinking piss and, <laughs> and uh, how much it lingers on the piss, and it does, but, like, even that, you know, the set design and the, the thing like the, the lemon tree and everything except using water for currency is pretty solid, you know? Yeah. Like, I like how their clothes are made out of, like, a bunch of fish scale stuff and those, whatever you call those plastic rings that hold cans that are always being littered into the ocean. Like, they've woven those together because they're still around. Uh, I, I, a lot of the, the non-spoken stuff in this movie is real good. Yeah, it's exactly. whenever they start talking, <laughs> uh, it falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so, 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 the smokers show up and save them. They won't be Mad Max so badly, <laughs> but this is actually pretty cool. And I like this scene a lot. The skew pirates have full military boats, 50 cows, and a bald King Koopa, which is his own weapon. <laughs> and then the, the island conservatives are shooting back with slingshots and throwing spears. One guy has a triple barrel shotgun. I saw that and I noted it because I was trying to buy one of those about a year ago and I couldn't find one. <laughs> um, they, they do make them, but only one company makes them. It's this Italian company and it was already in the middle of the pandemic and everything was all rare. I was like, oh, triple barrel shotgun. Then my other self's like, why do you want triple barrel shotgun? Like, because I don't use a shotgun ever, but it's cool. <laughs> and I was like, don't do that, Ben. So he, he didn't. <laughs> uh, they have an aerial shot of the toll to prove they actually built the set. It's very tiny. His boat takes up like a third of it. Mm-hmm. God, well, let's see what happens. It's just cool. There's a lot of fun stunt work. They're, they're, they're doing jumps. They're doing fire happens. They're doing get thrown off the walls because there's an explosion. They're doing evil water skiers getting dragged from an evil pontoon plane. <laughs> they have a dedicated ramp ship just so their water skiers and skiers can dump themselves into the lagoon and get shot at. <laughs> Weird scientist guy has a hot air balloon. 
turns out their skis could also just go under the bridge, because the bridge is just, like, surface level. For some reason, Robin Hood, who swims, can't go under the bridge. Well, he's in a cage. Yeah, and then he gets hit by a flying dead pirate. Right. But, uh... I don't know why he's complaining, because he's, he's in all the delicious piss. <laughs> this was that point, and this is the point in the movie. I don't remember how far in the movie, or maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes or something where I just had so many questions. Like, how do they have jet skis that work 500 years after the, the, you know, the movie is released and how, however long after the polar ice caps melted? And how do they have gasoline? The same way... The same way that they have boats that still work. Then how do they have gasoline that makes them work? I'm assuming they ran on gasoline. At this point in the movie, I was like, how, how do they work? Do they have solar panels? And if so, how does that work? How do those power jet skis? They do at least kind of address that second one. Yeah, I know. Kind but, of. Well. Badly. <laughs> yeah. But kind of. And I'm like, like with, with my favorite throwaway character in the movie. <laughs> he, he is the second best character in the film by far. <laughs> um. And then, like, where do they get all the bullets? And it's like, that's never explained at all. And, um... Yeah, that was... <laughs> they had a bullet tanker somewhere? I don't It must be. I don't, I don't know. And then the other question that I kept having throughout this movie, well, at least at this point in the film, was why is everyone so cutthroat against each other? If you all work together, you might actually have a chance at surviving. Like, the race might have a chance at survival, but you're all just trying to murder each other so you can gather supplies, like, if you just I mean, work together, you can gather supplies together. Having seen how this, this little island carries on, though, like, I can see why the smokers would just want to burn it to the ground, take what they need from it, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if... They can work together with other people. But, but, like, if the people on that island bothered to, you know, not kill anyone who's not exactly like them, 
maybe they could work together with outsiders and try to find, you know, the, the mystical, mythical dryland thing. But, I mean, the island people are idiots, but I'm just saying I get why the smokers don't care about the island people. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about the island people. They look like they all rot for all I care, but, like, just, like, everyone in this well, there aren't that many other people in the world. There's the there's Dennis Hopper's cult, and that's about it. As far as other living humans that we can that we see, but like you know, there's there's two random sailors and one screws over oh, Robin yeah. Hood. Robin Hood screws the other one over. Right, them too. But like, why are these people so hostile towards each other? Like, why don't they? You know, why don't they? Instead of trying to screw each other out of what little they have, why don't they actually bother to try and work together so they can all try to gather more stuff as a group? It just it, it, it bothers me. You're describing socialism, Samuel, and the problem is it doesn't work. It, in, in, in practice, because the CIA will overturn your government. <laughs> if you try that. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't even... Okay, so a bunch of shit happens. This is the part of the movie that's worth watching, though, personal opinion. <laughs> I got all these super rusty, clanky boats. It's pretty good aesthetic. You have all these crazy going-around stuff, action movies. He saves the sheriff. Swim like a dolphin, throw a knife. Guy with hot air balloon accidentally takes off without his friends. But then his friends are like, hey, what if we go with you, fish monster? And he's like, sure. Gates open, they let Costner out. It's just a cool scene. I don't if the entire movie is like this, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, but this is the only scene in the movie like this. Because the next yeah. 40 minutes of the movie are let's enjoy these three people who hate each other hate each other on this tiny 
notes. Yeah, there's there's one more action scene towards the end, but it's, I actually kind of like it too, but it's still yeah. different and much yeah. more typical. But seriously, like the middle, so, the middle third of this movie is just those three hanging out on the trimaran. <laughs> And then yeah, well, one and, other drifter guy, but like... And our, our hero isn't at all heroic, like they even say, you know, hey, you have to take us with us or we'll drown you in piss. <laughs> He's like, aha, I'm into that shit, but... <laughs> They don't know that. And then, you know, you can see he's doing the math. He's like, well, on the one hand, it's three times as much weight, three times as many supplies, but on the other hand, it's, well, it's three times as much piss. <laughs> so he says. <laughs> so he relents. Let's them on board. He says, take them their delicious piss on this. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna let that one go. I keep trying to, and I can't. <laughs> uh, they harpoon one of the army boats, and for some reason, it just keeps on shooting while he tugs it into the bad guys. And I guess this blows out Koopa's eye, but nothing else. Yeah, I guess. Kinda seems like it. Uh, it's weird. Cause he definitely, he definitely, he's, he's, he's wearing the hell out of an eye patch, but he also could have been from the start, he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Well, wasn't, didn't he show up earlier? Wasn't he one of the guys at the, the hydro bar? Or am I just completely... No, that was the that was the spy, the He-Man guy was at the Hydro Bar. Oh. Dennis Hopper uh, only shows up in this scene. Okay. He has two eyes for the first like three minutes. He's on. The okay. Floor. And then he has one. Gotcha. Hey. But as soon as he, as soon as he loses his eye, like, within eight minutes, he's already making keep an eye out jokes. <laughs> which is very important. Because mm-hmm. you find out they were only there because they want a tattoo girl. Mm-hmm. And now they know that she got away on the, the catamaran, where she'll be safe and out of their clutches. Smash cut to Robin Hood wants to kill the kid. (laughs) 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 And I guess she doesn't piss enough for him? 
I don't get it. I mean, yeah, probably not. And this is the start of what I think is the boring section of the movie, where they kind of just go. They're just kind of annoyed with each other for about 20 minutes straight. Yeah, Lady offers to sleep with him to not kill the kid. You see, butt, which I bet made into every trailer. <laughs> For like a second. <laughs> but then he's like, no. And then she tries threatening with a harpoon. So he hits her with a sail, and then on the head with an oar, <laughs> and then kind of just drops everything. It's like, okay, because I almost killed you, I'm not going to actually kill you. <laughs> and then it just... Nobody's likable, nothing happens for a long time. Mm-hmm. And on that note, let's cut that one commercial we have. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, right. I wanted to talk about one particular scene with the smokers. If that's okay. Yeah, do it. It's okay. Uh, you will write the part where... Let's see, after butt. Yeah. <laughs> after butt. The smokers. They <laughs> go back to the smokers' uh, 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 house, right? Yeah. Where Go ahead, I guess away. there's some guy who's trying to design a new eye for for Koopa, and you know he tries to say, "Okay, I think this looks pretty good," and. He turns around to face the camera, and I immediately got Judge Doom vibes. Was it just me? Because he has one cartoon eye? The eye just reminded me so much of Judge Doom, with the, the horrifying eyes. It was... I didn't get those vibes, but I can see it. And it just, it just kind of reminded me, only because it was just like this one disturbing, bulged out, fake plastic eye thing that's just sort of, it's just put over his obviously ruined eye. It's just like, it was very disturbing but 
out of character. Not out of character, but it just felt so different from the rest of the music in this movie. It just, it didn't throw me off. It didn't stand out as much to me, but I also didn't recognize it. It sounds like you did. <laughs> oh. If you, like, if you're, if you, I think most people would probably recognize it, not necessarily from the Blues Brothers, because I didn't remember where the hell it was from, but if you listen to it, if you look it up, just listeners at home, if you're still awake, look up. Peter Gunn theme Blues Brothers, there's a good chance you'll recognize it. And it just it just felt so out of place to me compared with everything else, which was either again sort of the the sort of bombastic swashbuckling heroic music or hippy-dippy new-age-ass bullshit music when they're swimming. Well said. Not that you have any strong opinions on or anything. It was so fucking hippy-dippy, dude. It was so fucking new age. It was just like crystals and like a choir going, or whatever, and just like, it was just, uh, it got such new age vibes, it bothered me. See, okay, so here's here's what I got from this the smoker scene. One, they had a car that used to drive around inside their own giant boat that people just push. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Koopa has a pretty good rapport with kids. Mm-hmm. This crowd includes women and children with the smokers, as smokers, and none of them are praying to a tree or sacrificing anyone, or drowning anyone in piss. And I'm not sure these aren't the good guys. Yeah. Which is a bit of a problem. Yeah. Why is it that so many films that we watch in this podcast where the good guy is obviously actually the bad guy and the bad guy's not exactly a, not like a good guy, but he's definitely a much better person than the good guy or the, uh, the protagonist. 
Where's it keep specialized in in older movies with bad writing? Although, which other example are you thinking of specifically? Because I'm thinking, like, it wasn't like that in, uh, in Highlander. I forget what we watched before that. <laughs> there uh, was, it felt I mean, like there were several Street, Street Fighter, we liked that guy a lot more, but he's definitely the bad guy. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look for a list now for a second. Uh, the bad guys are often more charismatic than the good guys, but this I mean, I wasn't sure they were the bad guys. I mean, okay, like Batman Returns, like the Penguin is definitely a much more sympathetic character. Than Batman. Yeah. But he's also dead. But he's also like, you know, <laughs> this part of my plan involves killing all the children. It's like, okay. Yeah, but he only. He was only planning to kill all the children because his plan to become mayor didn't work. Because Batman okay. foiled him. Listen to that sentence. What? What's wrong with killing all the children? Ben? What's wrong with killing all the children? Like all the Batman movies and stuff, the bad guys have been more fun to watch, but... This is the first one. They also might be better people. I swear there was at least one other movie where that's happened. I'll scroll through our... I, I don't know. I'm just looking through our list and... They're not jumping up. Phantom. We liked the bad guy better than the Phantom, but actually we liked everyone in that movie. <laughs> uh, I don't remember all the movies we've seen for this podcast. Uh, oh, the crow. The crow. Right? At least some of the bad guys in there were objectively better people than the crow. Okay, but the main character in the movie was a zombie. And he was t- I don't think he was better. They were definitely the ones who killed his wife and were going to burn down the city and stuff. I don't know. I swear it was just the wind calls one of them. He's great. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> well, they've also got this one. They've got a pale guy down a well on a paddle boat in the oil tank. 
his entire job slash existence is to use a dipstick to measure how much they have left. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Richardson from Deadwood, if that's the show you guys watch. Otherwise, no worries. It's not the same actor, it just reminds me of him. And it sort of explains why they're all Indians. And they're kind of running out, but still not running out, running out, but looking for dry land because there's too many of them and they're down to like four feet left of, of oil in the entire giant tanker down from, I don't know when it was full, maybe hundreds of years ago, maybe last week, but they're running out. Here's my question. So now we know why they're called the smokers. We don't know where they're getting their cigarettes. If there's a giant cigarette boat somewhere. But <laughs> we know, okay, they're the oil guys because they have this giant oil tanker. And just, you know, as a fun aside, coming away from the movie for a second, Sam, what giant mound of resources uh, do you, would you want to live on a boat full of and base your whole gang identity on in the water world apocalypse? Um, Twinkies. Taken. Twinkies. Twinkies. Mobile. Well, I was originally going to see pizza, but pizza would probably rot. Twinkies won't rot. That's true. You have a Twinkie gang then? Yeah. Alright, I'm into it. What would you do? I'm gonna weed. Ah. Always a good call. Hydroponics boat. Then just you're the super chill gang Mm -hmm. that gives everyone else smokes, but also if anyone invades you, just like, what if he didn't? (laughs) Maybe we won't (laughs) hang out with everyone. (laughs) It's like, you can take our boat if you want, but then you gotta learn agriculture. So, so would your gang also be called the Smokers? Defensive gang, I think. Mm-hmm. Or unless it's like the 80s and they think that marijuana gangs are a thing. <laughs> I guess they kind of were, but it's never their main focus. I just realized that 
our gangs would probably have an issue because your gangs would probably try to raid my gang's stash all the time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, trade heavily, I think. Yeah. So I'm picturing one hydroponics boat and then one just like shipping container boat that by sheer luck was all things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if this oil gang is, uh... They, they... I don't know what they eat. They don't seem to have any agriculture whatsoever. I think they just eat... I think they just subsist entirely on cigarettes, honestly. But... Cigarettes are an appetite suppressant, right? Yes, but I don't think they're actual, like, calorie replacers. No, but, like, if you smoke enough, you don't want to eat, right? I assume that's how appetite suppressants work. Look. Look, I'm done trying to justify the bullshit. This movie, okay. (laughs) Point is, I'm on the smoker's side as of this point. (laughs) Um, Yep, agreed. So, uh, Robin Hood finds out the kid's been using his crayons and gets mad. Meanwhile, at our good guy camp. <laughs> he, he's, he's just like, he's got very like, if you kids don't shut up, I'm gonna turn this boat around energy the entire movie. <laughs> With occasional explosive bouts of violence and domestic abuse. <laughs> Well, I mean, one, I forget if it was that scene, but there is a point where he gets, he actually just chucks the girl off the boat. That, that is the only part I liked in this. Because it has that typical, the kids can call up and stare, it's not that scary scene that's in every movie with the kid, uh, yeah, little protagonist, where he's just like, you know, you're not so scary, blah, 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 you're not so tough, and I'm not afraid of you, so he just throws her into the sea. Yep. To drown her to death. It's amazing. <laughs> the lady jumps in to save her, and for some reason, Robin Hood turns around and grabs them, which is the only part I didn't get. Yeah. That seemed out of nowhere. Because the last, you know, 20 minutes of film has been dedicated to them hating each other with a, like, ruthless abandon 
And then all of a sudden, because the fact that the girl can't swim and the lady has to go back and save her, now he feels bad about the decisions that he's made. Yeah, and I also don't... Like, I get why they hate him, because he's super abusive all the time. I don't actually get why he hates them until, I mean, later on they, they start trying to help him messing stuff up and breaking his boat all the time. Mm-hmm. But he kind of already likes him at that point. Like, early on, I don't know why he hates them. Like, he's just, they weren't the ones that, that locked him in poo, they're the ones that freed him, and like, I don't know, it's, I, 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 I missed his justification for being the way he is, you know? I feel like he doesn't really have one, like... He's a loner. He's the lone wolf sort of character. That's just what he's trying to be. Because I think they established at some point that he'd been out at sea for like 15 months straight or something. It's like he doesn't. I mean, he hasn't everyone. Yeah, but I mean, he's been, uh, like, alone out on the sea for 15 months straight, basically. I guess. Or something, I don't know. But, like, he obviously does not want to be around other people. At all. So... Just the fact that he has to share his trimaran with two other people, including a child who apparently doesn't stop talking, but it's like she's a child, of course she's not going to stop talking, because she's curious about stuff. It is true, that is very annoying. I guess maybe he didn't know that if he's never been around anyone, but... I still don't think it's justification. He born at some point. I still don't think it's necessarily justification for throwing her in the ocean because she doesn't stop talking to him. Or because no, she, that, like, drew little designs on his boat. I don't like that because of the preface of the whole, like, I'm not scared of you, you're not that yeah. for me, like that, <laughs> like that was why I love that so much, yeah. like, okay, but what if he actually is, that <laughs> never happens in these movies. Then it's pretty much me left this that, that Jack Black comes by in his airplane and starts trying to kill him. <laughs> right? 
I, I know I saw Jack Black in the cast list. I didn't actually notice that was him. I'm assuming it was. Because his was pilot. Him. Yeah, I only recognized him later on when they're, they're in a little room with uh, Koopa. And you can actually see his face, because this one's wearing, like, a cap and goggles or something. But, yeah, like, retrospect, that's the guy. Yeah. So, uh, Rob Hood goes below deck to grab something. <laughs> Where you can see obvious Mr. Spraying smoke into the cabin from neatly placed but that's fine. Meanwhile, the lady is, I guess, just a crack shot with a harpoon, which didn't seem like a thing she would have done before. But she launches a harpoon at a moving plane and directly impales the gunner. <laughs> but that also ties the ship to the plane, wrecks everything, because it's going around doing a battle pop thing. <laughs> and like... Uh, oh, right, right, with the, with the ATAT things. Or not ATT. Yeah. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, the, the the big dog robots. Yeah, yeah. Horse robots. Rhino robots? Mm. Uh, and, and Robin Hood climbs up to cut the rope, but the pilot, Jack Black, cuts the rope instead. So Coster falls in the water, he's angry. And he acts like he's gonna straight up kill her, but instead he cuts their hair. And it's very strange. Yep. Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be symbolic or something, but I'm just not smart enough to understand, or if it's just a weird choice. Oh, I think I remember why he did that, because I think the girl, before he tosses her in the ocean, I think she says, you wouldn't be so ugly if you had cut your hair. I think that's when that happened. That's what caused him to chuck her in the ocean. So I guess as revenge, she cuts their hair. It's excellent, since I was wondering if he was going to use it for rope to make repairs or something, but he didn't get enough for that, so that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's where the, how the order of events went. 
still a very weird thing because something just happened. But I think it was just sort of like a weird revenge thing. Like, you know, you think I'm ugly with long hair? Let's see what you look like with short hair. Sort of thing. That's, that's our protagonist, in a nutshell. That's very weird. Meanwhile, back at the smoker base, they're trying to figure out where he's going. Mm-hmm. And apparently they can, even though it's an entire world full of water, but they're just like... He, he knows we'll know where he's going if he heads in a straight line. So, he'll expect us to think he's gonna turn. That's why he won't turn. He'll keep going in a straight line. But, like... That kind of makes sense there's only a couple roads or something. <laughs> but he has 360 directions he can go, and like, even if they guess he's gonna turn, it's always just in turn exactly the way they think he can still get away really easily, you know? Yeah, the, the open ocean is not three tunnels and you can only choose one of three directions to go yeah like just go I don't know like left ish but not all the way left and then they probably didn't guess you go exactly that many degrees <laughs> left and they won't catch you yeah. God, it's weird. But, right, so, so, because he's trying to outwit them, like, the Zini from Princess Bride or something, <laughs> he, uh, he goes the only place where they could possibly intercept him instead. <laughs> Jack Black. Another kind of throwaway scene, they meet that dude from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Teague. I don't know the actor's name, but, but he's the guy who plays the guy in Sons of Anarchy, season one, which is not, I don't think probably actually a good show, but I did like it a lot. Mostly because Ron Perlman's the main character in it. And because it's kind of Hamlet, but kind of not. Hmm. He's another rifter who might steal something. But because the girls are like, Hey, you should go talk to him. He does. He's like, I want to buy your girls. <laughs> Wait. Why don't we talk to this guy? <laughs> it's like I said. 
He's got my favorite suit in the movie so far, made out of fishnet and, and can holder plastic. <laughs> and I don't get why paper is so valuable. Look, that seems like one of the things would be very easy to make out of kelp or something, but... Yeah... I don't quite understand it either, but it's apparently uh, more valuable than dirt, I suppose. Even though, you know, if you're if you're a mariner with fish gills, it's obviously dirt is as useful as dirt is worthwhile worthwhile as dirt I don't know I mean I guess it, I guess if they're tattooing maps on people instead of just writing them on things then it must be pretty rare but it doesn't notes at this point just read like he has paper trade Costner tries to loan out his passengers for it oh and he does apparently our hero yeah. <laughs> and as he wrote the music plays in the back yeah <laughs> what the fuck so he's, he's Pimping out the only other two characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess just the one. But then he changes his mind and he tries to kill him instead of undoing the trade. Mm-hmm. And then he does. Movie over. Except, oh no, wait. He just came out first. Cosser killed him. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that they obviously didn't want to shoot a fight scene in a relatively enclosed space like the 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 under uh sorry the below deck of a trimaran, so they just show them like sort of moving towards each other and then the the entire rest of the fight scene is above water where they're just watching the the two ladies just kind of standing there for like 30 seconds and then hear fight noises and glass shattering and a random cat just sort of like what's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh the drifter comes up first and he's like, Oh, I don't remember what he said. But, you know, he he dies shortly afterwards. Well, he's even stabbed in the back. Yeah. Stab yeah, exactly. It's it's weird, uh, but it does make, like, 
Now they got sweet loot. They take pretty much everything off the boat. Mm-hmm. And dump the guy instead of eating him again. <laughs> well, because he can just catch a giant, terrible CGI shark instead. Yeah, but will CGI shark have that much delicious piss? I guess not. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Coster didn't tap his cup for his piss. I mean, he might have. We didn't see the entire. Th- oh, I guess he did just tumble overboard, huh? It would be a very different movie. The movie. Every decade movie pulls the pants out to get at that piss. God. <laughs> this is the worst main character I think I've seen so far, man. I, I don't disagree with you on that one. <laughs> we watched Lara Croft. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, okay, so they, they loot everything from the boat. For some reason, they don't take the boat because this would be like, you know, if you, if you don't like having these two passengers, you're getting tired of them being around all the time. A great way to not kill them would be would be give them a damn boat. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, let's instead let's just take three bags and leave this perfectly good boat. Let's leave that instead. Is is that only weird to me? That's what I would have done. No, I mean, it would have definitely been the smarter thing to do, but this is the point where he starts to not have just nothing but abject hatred for them, obviously. Because, uh... Yeah, it's weird. Like, she apologizes to him, and I'm not sure why. He gets mad and throws away their fishing pole for no apparent reason. Well, because he doesn't want them to be able to provide for themselves because he's a giant asshole. Yeah, he he needs them to need him because he's a cult leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then shows them how he goes fishing, which is to drag himself behind the boat until a big sea giant monster bites him in half. <laughs> but he regenerates inside its stomach and kills him by bursting out his chest somehow. And also shrinks its eyeballs. <laughs> These are the things that happen. 
and then he knows to say and it's cooking on a fire and what is the fuel for a fire? You know what? Fuck it. Roast it up with stuff. Um, and if you grill fish, you can boil water. You can... This is... <laughs> my God. <laughs> my God. <laughs> also, you don't even need to grill fish. You can eat raw fish and it has fresh water in it. So what they're doing, if they have a little bit of fuel, is using entirely grilled fish instead of purifying seawater, which you can also do with equal amount of fuel. I'm... I'm just... <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. The next scene is 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 him teaching her how to swim. Yeah, well, she melts his heart by drawing the three of them as a family. And he's like, oh wow. She's very unhealthy. I should teach her how to swim. <laughs> Monsters are only a thing every once in a while. They don't explain. It's just like, ah, they're asleep. <laughs> and this is the only scene where I even seem human for a minute. Yeah. And this is where we get that new age hippie bullshit music. While they're swimming underwater in slow motion what? for way too fucking long. Because it just sounds so fucking cheap and stupid, is why. I'm sorry, like, New Age music just always sounds cheap and hokey, and like it's trying to, like, it feels like anytime you hear New Age music, you're gonna get someone who walks behind you trying to sell you crystals. You know? Listen, that, that Edema song that was on, like, I don't know, Tangerine Dream and every mix for like five years there, that's kinda nice. I like that one. Hmm. You know that one? Not off the top of my head. So, so like, na 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 Like, it's actual words. I, it was, it was the whole new age thing. 
for this movie. I didn't play oh, those have great music. Yeah, no, the Super Nintendo uh, version specifically has a, has a track that uh, is just like an absolute banger. And I would listen to that song for like 10 hours straight if I needed to. It's, uh, just look up if for, for, again, for our listeners at home, listen to, or look up Waterworld Super Nintendo Map Music, and you will understand what I mean. That song is a fucking rocker. This music is just a mishmash of ridiculously over... Like, okay. Here's what I equate the, the, mu- the music of this movie to. The soundtrack of this movie makes Danny Elfman seem subdued and nuanced. That's how I that's how I equate this movie. It's like it's so ridiculously overdone that it's like it takes away from like it it becomes the main focus of the film rather than whatever is happening on screen at any given moment is just listen to me all the time i'll take your word for it i was i was busy being very distracted by why it was still pretending like water scarcity was a thing <laughs> And I found something else uh, about the soundtrack. So this is directly from Wikipedia, so take from what you will. But apparently the original composer was a guy named Mark Isham, or Isham, I don't know. It says his score, which was not recorded for approximately... 25% 25% of the film and it only it only uh, demos were completed was reportedly rejected by Costner because it was quote too ethnic and bleak unquote <laughs> contrasting with I don't like when someone says something's too ethnic yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. It says, contrasting with the film's futuristic and adventurous tone, uh, Isham offered to try again, but was not given a 
give it a chance. James Newton Howard was brought in to write the new score. Uh, that's all it says for that. But, like, apparently... Neither futuristic nor adventurous. No. It's... It's... No. <sighs> so... So, okay. So, listen. This water thing. Because I gotta... I gotta... The only reason it's a huge bother is because of, like, two lines. One... When he gets water from the bar, or hydro, and, and two, when he says that he's going to throw girl off because there's not enough water for them, water scarcity never comes up again, and the only civilization we still see which is like the giant smoker base with thousands of people on it, doesn't ever mention water as being a problem. So, like, they should have cut those two lines. I'd be so much less frustrated. It goes nowhere. It's like it's mutation. <laughs> It does feel like quite a lot of scenes and lines in this movie lead nowhere and are never thought of again. Yeah, it's like a bunch of first drafts where they kept the first couple pages and then not the rest. Yeah. They set up a lot of things that don't come up later, like water scarcity being one, just because it's never mentioned again in the movie after this, I don't think. I assume they got some off the Teague's boat or something, but if they didn't, like the hot air balloon gang doesn't worry about it, the smokers don't worry about it and it makes more sense not to worry about it because you've already established you can be selling the water so why would you worry about it but like it's, it's nothing it's like his gills anyway okay so they Come to a treehouse looking thing they call Barter Outpost. But looks like everyone's kind of dead and like strung up as puppets and being puppeteered. Koopas there hiding in them being weird. Costner has a backwards periscope, never comes <laughs> up again. That's cool. And he can look underwater and see that they have their skidoos tied down underwater. <laughs> Which, here's another thing. They have like big weights at the end of those 
those holes where they know full well dryland is just down there. Because when you're tying something to the ocean floor, you need to be able to get to the ocean floor. That's a thing. Yeah. You know? And if the ocean, if that's actually trying to get to the ocean floor, the ocean floor is many tens of thousands of feet down. Yeah, or it's just much shallower here, because they're above, like, whatever, the Andes instead of the Himalayas or something, but still, mm. like, like, either you can't do this anchor stuff, or no one should be perplexed that this guy can find silt off the bottom of the ground. <laughs> it's fine. So they're, the ski news are underwater. <laughs> and, and Coop is there being weird. And, and all the ski pirates come up and start shooting millions of dollars of ammunition <laughs> to the air again. <laughs> but Robin Hood heroically leans real far to <laughs> show the boat tips over the bag. Yep, he had to show off the fact that he could do that thing where he like he like holds like he grips a pole sideways with two arms, then he just like lifts his body up or whatever. It's like one of those things that yeah. like people like to show off. Oh, they have such impressive upper body strength or whatever. And I mean, it is. It's it is. Which is like to focus on with all the swashbuckling music going on. Yeah. And you know, the is just tipping the boat. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets back up there, he's like yelling at at the woman's like, you know, do this, do that. And she's like, I don't know what any of that is. And all I was thinking was, why the fuck did you not teach them how to do any of this shit over the last, what was probably several weeks? Like, how did you not teach yeah, them? Have you, got, have you got two people with you Neither know how to run the boat, and one doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> like, and they don't know how to. They don't know how to swim. Like, they don't know how to like fend for themselves. You won't let them fish. You won't let them cook. You won't even let the girl draw, unless you know. Well, that's. Like, that's him being psychotic. I'm yeah. just saying them as like people like before this adventure, what did they do? I mean they were obviously well, just harpoon practice, I guess. Harpoon gun practice mostly. Yeah, and tomato plant growing. 
That actually would be a super valuable skill, I don't think. But yeah. Alright, never mind. <laughs> Movie makes sense, I apologize. <laughs> he has nitrous in the form of a kite. <laughs> now, even though the kite is pulling in a completely different direction as his sails, and I'm not a sailor, but I didn't notice that. <laughs> uh, like he's hacking into the wind, and the kite's going the wrong way. Again, I don't know much about sailing, but that's wrong. <laughs> um, and it in some way, except Koopa is, of course, the best shot in the world uh, among all the smokers because he only has one eye, I guess. Or he just always was, but never shoots himself for some reason. So he, he's, he snipes the fish monster. After all, his guys can't this also goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he falls down, like, him being injured is going to be a thing, but it also is not. Yeah, no, like, it, it just, you know, it just gives more credence to your idea that this man has Wolverine-style healing power, healing factor, because, like, He's shot, he gets knocked off the top of his, off the, the sail of his boat, and, like, you think, oh shit, maybe something's gonna happen, and then when they get away, he's totally fine. Yeah. And... He's totally fine and forgets any of that ever happened. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. Because they're, whatever, it's, it's 12 seconds later, and she's like, Are we going to dry land now? He's like, No, it's, I've lied. It's gone. It's I've lied. <laughs> and then, <laughs> she's like, No, it can't be. You, you didn't lie. He's like, okay, I didn't lie. I'm going to take you to the bottom of the ocean now. Kids, stay here. We're probably safe now. You didn't shoot me. <laughs> like, like, it wasn't so... It seriously was not that long past the... Like, it was not that long ago that the smokers were attacking them. And now he's yeah, like, it's like... Like, the entire reason that they're attacking them is so they could kidnap the kid and then, uh, you know, Kevin Costner says, okay, I'm gonna take this lady down to the bottom of the ocean 
kid, you stay here, you'll be fine, right? It's only been eight seconds, those smokers probably won't attack us again. Yeah, and like, maybe, maybe there was supposed to be, like, maybe it's an editing problem, maybe it was supposed to, like, a couple days elapsed between then and, and this scene, but it doesn't. That was like earlier this afternoon, they were in our tails after following us for three days. So now we're probably safe. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he has this. this carbon monoxide death trap bubble. That he puts the woman into because he's gonna kill her, I guess, but it doesn't work. (laughs) He's tried so many times to kill them. Also, Sam, why does he have this? He's the only person in the world who doesn't need this. (laughs) So, okay. I don't... Literally everybody else has a use for this and he does not. So, I don't know if this appeared earlier in the film. If this was, like, attached to the ship before, maybe he stole it from that crazy Irish drifter? Maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. Then how do you you know how to use it, even? Like, I trust him, so I've had it for almost a day. I'm not saying that... He should know how to use it. I'm just saying maybe he stole it. I, I don't I don't know. I don't have a good explanation for you on that one. It it really Same. doesn't make any sense for him to have it. Hey, glass that's open on the bottom is a bad way to stave off like undersea crush depth pressure at 22,000 feet. <laughs> it, it, B, science aside, oxygen poisoning aside, he doesn't need it. <laughs> and where does he get these flares? Those would be super valuable too. <laughs> uh... Sweet sharks who are doing this? <laughs> they don't. 
mentioning the mermaids in Hook reminded me of a part in the game Mother 3 where the same thing happens where your your group of characters has to travel from one island to another but the only way to do that is from like walking from the bottom of the ocean it makes sense in context and the it's mother three yeah I'm sure yeah it's like the the sequel sort of to Earthbound but not also a sequel it's just like the third game in the series basically um But you are, you know, you're, you're like children and you have a limited supply of air because you're regular people. So there are these mermaids, or actually mermen, that are underneath the water who provide you with oxygen if you talk to them and I assume they do that the same way that they do in this movie or in Hook and I didn't even remember that I forgot about that until this moment that's a good game I need to play that again so I'm just I'm getting it from a lot of sources that we can breathe through fish it seems like, like it. Scuba tanks are expensive, but fish are pretty cheap. Like, you just get... I mean, getting one big fish is pretty expensive. If you have, like, a, a full bandolier of goldfish or something, mm-hmm. so you can just rotate between them when they get all, you know, out of breath. Yeah, I guess so. I'm going to try this, and if I drown, sue Kevin Costner for me. <laughs> well, I don't know if that would work for us, though, right? I mean, we can hold our breath for, like, I don't know, 45 minutes or something, but what about much longer than that? Mm. Do we really need to, though? I want to explore the bottom of the sea with my fish friends slash girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Retrieve artifacts of whatever came before. Okay. The only reason I'm not hanging out with mermaids right now is to drown before I get there. But <laughs> the right number of fish. 
I was sure it'll work out. Listen, if any of my, uh, if any of our listeners are, are uh, say, doctors, or free divers, or marine biologists, um, let us know how this works. Because you boys going to get into deep water and try and breathe through a fish and he might die. So <laughs> explain this to me first. <laughs> or I'll have Sam see you. <laughs> Pirates burn the boat and fuck off. Um, they take her back to the big oil derrick, and Koopa's trying to be nice to her and offers free smokes. <laughs> and he actually has been so far nicer to her than anybody else in her life I've seen so far. Well, I mean, except for Leonardo Vinci and her sister mom. Yeah, I mean, he. Like, when he sees her for the first time, she's chained up, and he yells at his crew, it's like, Why'd you chain her up, you jackasses? Yeah. She's eight. She's not gonna break out. Yeah. I don't know how old the actor is, but eight sounds right. tries to drown her, or trade her to a pedophile, or shave her head to shame her. So, like... <laughs> like, all he does is just... He just offers her a cigarette. Like, he's, you know, he's a smoker. He, he's... Just says he's never too young to start smoking. I he and all his friends themselves smoke. He's obviously not thinking it's a destructive thing to get her into. Mm-hmm. He probably should, but never said he was smart. Yeah. <sighs> uh, God. Okay. Oh, I also I also wrote down um, in the scene where he where she she says something about how he will come to rescue her, and uh, Dennis Hopper starts yelling about how he'll he'll cut open the guy's head and use brain. And all I could notice that was his teeth are actually remarkably decently, uh, like, decent quality for living in a post-apocalyptic water wasteland sort of thing. I mean, listen, there's... 
especially for a small crush it. I'm just saying the the whole you need to brush your teeth and can't smoke and can't drink coffee thing is all big dentist propaganda. I haven't been a dentist in like 20 years. My teeth are so fine. <laughs> now, the reason I haven't been to the dentist in 20 years is because the American healthcare system is a nightmare and I can't. But, I'm just saying, they told me when I was a kid that if I didn't floss for like six months, all my teeth were going to find out. I have never in my life flossed and been fine. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not old yet, but I think... I think teeth are fine. I think we weren't designed to just die without dentists. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily saying it's because of the smoking or the the coffee or whatever strange foods or whatever they're eating. I'm just saying because of the fact that they're living in a you know, post-apocalyptic wasteland, basically, sort of, not wasteland. Water? Water? Uh... World. World. World of water. <laughs> that must have been that title. Yeah, World of Water. That'd be a great name for a movie. That'd be a good, super cheap to render MMO. It's a world. A popular online RPG where you actually make it a full size planet Earth. <laughs> so you just run into another player every three or four days. <laughs> and like... And then the atmosphere is pretty easy to render because... Oh, here's the thing. I should have mentioned it much earlier. There's no weather in this world. Yeah, no, like it's... It never it's, rains. It's just sun. And like, maybe that's part of the water shortage because it never rains. But like, how do the sails work? There's no waves, there's no rain, there's no wind except when he needs to propel himself. And there's still no wind judging from like the chop of the sea in the background. What's going on? It's, um... It's ghosts. And I would prefer that you so not ask you're... me any follow-up questions to that. Even easier to render the MO, though, because you don't have to worry about weather effects, because it's just... 
nighttime flat ocean, day flat ocean. You have one polygon for most of the atmosphere. That's it. Alright, once you learn how to program, let's do this. Uh, Robocop shooter, Waterworld MMO. Let's not get the licenses and just see how long <laughs> So actually I wanted to mention this. I actually wanted to make a joke about this when we started the podcast, but uh, you, you, you didn't ask me if I had watched any good movies lately, so I didn't get a chance to tell about this. Uh, there's, you know, I had to do the get what thing. Right. Um, there is a survival crafting game called Raft, which is this movie, but a thousand times better. Because <laughs> it's you and potentially some other friends. It's basically like, you know, your usual sort of survival crafting games like The Forest and uh, Rust and those sorts of things. I played that game and live stream it for a <laughs> I'm down. Uh, just the gimmick is that you're you're in a raft and you have to it's the same sort of thing it's a post-apocalyptic world the polar ice caps have melted most of the people are dead and you're on a raft and you're trying to survive so what you have to do is you have to collect stuff like flotsam that's floating in the ocean and like build out your raft and there are sharks that are constantly attacking your ship and you know like once you build up your ship to a point you can actually start like sailing to certain islands because it's not it's not like they've melted the point where there's one island left on the earth at the top of uh, Mount Everest there's like it's melted to the point where there are still a decent number of different islands and things that have all sorts of various things you can collect and craft and build your raft out and like research stuff and it looks like it's I watched people play through the game it looks really cool and all I wanted to say about it was I was going to describe the game but I was going to describe it in the, you know, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic world where the polar ice caps have melted and you're on a 
and there's three people that are on a small fishing vessel trying to survive and craft and build up the vessel. And then I also watched Waterworld. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, no, Raft is a really cool-looking game. And it's on sale on the Steam Summer Sale right now for, like, 12 bucks. So I might pick it up even though I'm not a... I'm not a huge fan of playing the 3D survival crafting games, but I've really been wanting to play, like, crafting games for a long time, just sort of, like, relaxing sort of stuff. So, I might actually just go ahead and buy it anyway. Well... Honestly, I'm not sure I have 12 bucks to spare. I will buy you a copy. I don't fucking care. Yeah, <laughs> give me one for my birthday. I'll play with you. Yeah, I'll do it. Sweet. Also, Starbound. I don't know if I recommended that. Yeah, you, you, you told me about that one. Yeah. Well, there are some water worlds in Starbound. Hmm. I found a couple plants that are entirely covered with water. So, hmm. dive in with my spacesuit, which also works as a depth suit because it's a spacesuit. Also, there's that one planet in Star Wars Nice the Old Republic that I can't remember the name of. That's. Camino. Yes. That was visually cool in the movie, bad movie. <laughs> Good game. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, it was also Battlefront, I think. No, 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 right, right. Camino was in Battlefront, uh... It was something else, right? Col Colto, right? Maybe? I Colto, Colto was the substance they mined from there. Yeah, I don't... I can't remember the name of the... The planet. You can start with an M? It wasn't Mon Calamari, right? That was... No... Ah, <sighs> what was it called? I do love that uh, game, but I haven't actually played it. I should just replay that game. It's been like 10 years at this point. Yeah. I wonder if it aged well. Manon. Because I know I like that game. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. But, uh, like, I know I liked that game a lot. I have since played Dragon Age and Mass Effect and other games the same company made that were, you know, more advanced expansions on that concept. So I wonder if it aged well, but it was great when it was new. 
Oh yeah, no, that was definitely is one of my favorite uh, action RPG sort of games. Yeah. But have you played Dragon Age? No, I do have it somewhere. Cause I, cause I feel like that's the same system, but kind of just better. Mm-hmm. So having played all of those, I wonder if going back is like, it's probably so fun, but, but you know how it is sometimes when yeah. you play updates of old systems where it's like, you know, like going back to original Halo after all the sequels and the Master Chief edition or something like that. Oh, this is kind of clunky. Yeah, now the the planet is called Manan or Manan. I don't know how to pronounce it. The uh, this looks cool. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That would have been an interesting water world setting. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually. <laughs> they just should have filmed more than saw a tank and uh, not dropped so many ideas halfway through. Mm-hmm. Alright, it's not, it's not quite over yet. So, there's. <laughs> it feels like it's over. Because it's like, well, the, the girl was kidnapped by the smokers. And the the asshole and the lady are just stuck on a on a useless ship. God, that would have been a good ending. Yeah, it's, it's like, like and they die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like well, shrug emoji, end of movie. So they're they're on this boat. They're just hanging out on the wreck of the boat, waiting to die. Mm-hmm. They decide to get freaky first. Fair enough, I guess. He's <laughs> a fish monster. You know, he need have no more chances. Like she shouldn't like him, but he is a fish monster. So yeah. That doesn't quite do it for him, so he leaves to go look at Cram Pictures below decks. <laughs> but he suddenly sees that, that she, one of the pictures she drew was a tree, and suddenly he wants to live again. Because he's like, wait a second, that's like the tree on my magazine. Maybe this map isn't made up, and for some reason took him this whole time to be drawing horses and stuff the entire movie. But now suddenly he believes her, and then a hot air balloon guy suddenly shows up out of nowhere. That character we forgot about <laughs> uh, has been looking for them. 
and when they burned their boat, it was smoke so you could see them. Again, this entire planet is like 12 miles across, or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned it, there's no wind, so it's not like they travel very quickly in the first place. And the only people who can travel quickly are the smokers because they have jet skis. True, and I guess the hot air balloon for the same reason would have been mostly just drifting directly above where the atoll used to be. Yeah. Also, it turns out it hasn't been here this whole time. There's a new fake island, it's just very small. Mm-hmm. But he's there with like three survivors. The sheriff's here, and Robin Hood's gonna try to go get the kid back. And then we have like a weird thing back at the smokers where like they're discussing cutting the map off her back and they have a picture of Captain Joe Hazelwood. Because this was the Exxon Valdez, it turns out? Yeah, I actually saw that in the... I saw that in the movie summary after I watched it. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, the base of the smokers is the Exxon Valdez. It was like... Oh, well, cause that's, cause that picture that, that, that Koopa calls St. Joe whatever is, was the famous in the 90s captain of the Exxon Valdez who ran aground and, and killed Alaska. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're, like, it feels like they're trying to do a commentary, but I don't know what the commentary is. Um, except these guys are just bad. Like, these guys hate the environment that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I guess the whole. I don't get it. I think the moral that they're trying to give us is that the smokers are bad because they worship the, you know, an an oil tanker or they worship the person who drove an oil tanker. I, I honestly do not know at all. Yeah. Uh, Robin Hood just finds this place right away because the ocean is very small. Well, it's a it's a tanker. They they really don't they like if his boat moves particularly slow because there's no wind. That tanker probably doesn't move at all. 
or it doesn't move unless they're rowing it, which I don't think they do very often. They keep talking about how there's there's no dry land anywhere in the world, and he would know he travels all over the place, and then like, how old is he? Because the speedy travels. <laughs> They've been putzing around a part of the ocean about the size of Lake Tahoe this entire time. So it's entirely possible. I mean, it seems like they don't. Yeah, they probably don't really understand how directions work. So they might only be. You know, they may only be traveling in a very small circle for their entire lives. I mean, they must be, because everything's still so close by, but... Yeah. Because, you know, like a flooded Earth would be the same size as, like, our Earth. Even with land masses, you can't find just like a boat by just looking for it. (laughs) Yeah. God, anyway, so. Holy rusted metal, Batman, is is my note. (sighs) Because of Batman Returns, or Batman Forever. (laughs) <laughs> it it does not look seaworthy, but because there's no weather anymore, I guess it's fine. Uh, I just got these called the Eaton because it's an actual religion. Pour spam down on the masses. Some guards find Robin Hood's so he turns around and jumps back in to drown them. This is the first and last time the fact that he can breathe underwater is going to come up in any way, shape, or form in the climax of this movie. Any useful form, we should say. I think any form, right? Like he doesn't do anything. Yeah, actually, it's true. I mean, stuff. I mean, the only other thing he does is swim underwater to Denver, and that's not particularly useful, right? Yeah, and and he had a bathosphere, so he didn't even need to do that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I just, I I didn't quite realize until I finished the movie, like, wait, that never comes back in any way, shape, or form. I just, I want to highlight that because it really doesn't. Yeah. Because this whole action scene, like, he's doing Metal Gear Solid shit, he dresses up in Sharon Wasteland Raider gear. He drives skew onto a guy in a boat. He's like 
sneaking around while the kid's talking up how brutal he is and he's breaking necks and stuff and killing his way through these guys. Uh, all the while no, Dennis Hopper... He with his fish powers. No. And all the while Dennis Hopper is evangelizing to his... Uh, to his crowd about how he's had a vision of dry land and he's just yeah. like he's he's talking for the entire scene it's pretty impressive and then I I thought there was hope but turns out these guys are religious conservatives also yeah so there's no good spot. He kills Jack Black. <laughs> and the entire speech about how he wants to find dry land so they can exploit it and like cut it down. <laughs> so he just, he's a Captain Planet villain. That's what's going on. <laughs> Uh, they get hundreds of people to row the rig, which is kind of cool. He, he promises that he's going to have, like, like they, they even talk kind of, seems like, you don't know where we're going. He's like, yeah, but as long as I tell them I'm going to release a health care plan, they'll believe me. <laughs> 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 Is it though? Or isn't it? Listen, I I can promise the audience I'll never advocate for any politician. I will make fun of a lot of them that dislike but I promise I'll never say any of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a realistic promise. <laughs> uh, I guess the plan was just to walk right up to them on deck in the open because he stops doing his sneak around stuff and just walks up to him. Yep, as heroic music plays. And like now it's it's any post-apocalypse movie because it's Escape from L.A., it's Mad Max, it's whatever, it's just a guy who is an action hero. They... He's got another flare, he's starting to drop it into the oil well. This, this other part, which this does have my favorite line in the movie. Because, uh, because Dennis Hopper calls, uh, what's his name, the Gentleman Guppy, which would totally be my wrestler name. 
love that name. That was it. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know how oil rigs work, but I don't think you just have, like, a chimney from the deck down to a big... Probably like, not. Maybe they do. I Maybe I, they do. I don't... I don't know. Koopa's like, are you gonna die for your friend? And Robin Hood says, if it comes to that, instead of, we all will, which was a missed opportunity. Koopa <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> calls his bluff, so he drops it, and they blow up Richardson. What's his last line? She's like, oh, thank yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> It's like, oh, sweet release of death that man who lives his life in crude oil. So the whole boat has special effects firewalls coming out of all the hatches and windows and seams, but somehow nobody dies. I think a, probably a bunch of people under below deck die, I would imagine. Well, but then it keeps cutting down to blow deck and everyone's panicking. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's It's just all the smoke. It's all the smokestacks that are, you know, attached to the oil down underneath that are lighting up on fire. It's not like any of the people, I guess. And then everybody's looking for Robin Hood instead of trying to put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are they going to put it out with? Water? Where are they going to find it at, Ben? <laughs> this fucking. <laughs> <laughs> to a plane. He-Man guy tries to shoot him but his gun jams and that's... that was... his big plan was to have the gun jam. <laughs> exactly the right moment. Well, he does. Weird climax for that character. We've already established that he's immune to bullets. So it really wouldn't have been a problem if he'd been shot again. It's true, but the use of the harpoon gun to make a zipline, zipline through explosions down to the plane. <laughs> We're just giving up at this point, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hooks the cable onto landing gear because. Because Koopa's going to escape in the plane with the kid. Mm-hmm. But he hooks a cable onto it. Causes a plane crash that 
kills Koopa. <laughs> the super tough little kid didn't get hurt at all. Bullet starts Titanic. Go for a second. Have a cool slide thing. <laughs> I like this scene also. This is the other reason to watch this movie. Is the whole thing and this stuff just because they are being silly with stuns and I like it. Mm -hmm. So then suddenly it turns out Koopa didn't die in the crash because the hot air balloon comes back and lowers the rope and grabs the kid's leg but the kid Kicks him down into, into the water so he'll die dramatically by falling into a, a big burning, you know, oil thing on water. Except they don't do that either. <laughs> he just lands in the water and he's fine. <laughs> and gets on the ski too. <laughs> <laughs> But then, I ironically love this. Oh god. Kid falls into the water, doesn't drown, because she knows how to swim now, whatever. Well, it, well it's, it's not just that. Doesn't, doesn't Koopa, like, shoot the rope out and she falls? Shooting up at the, the hot air balloon, I think it was like a ricochet that makes her fall. Oh, okay, it was something like that. But like, he, like, he, he uses marksmanship skills to knock her out of the balloon. But then here's the scene that redeems almost the entire <laughs> God. Because there's exactly three guys left out of this entire thousand person boat. Mm -hmm. They're all on skidoos, and they decide when they see her fall, they're going to beeline towards her as fast as possible <laughs> for no reason. Because their plan is squish her between them, I guess. <laughs> Hood ties a rope, I, I guess bungee cord, <laughs> which they just have, around his ankle, jumps off, and or tells the lady to tie it off, and jumps. She has to quickly tie it on while he's falling. So that he can bounce down, grab her in like the perfect length because he doesn't even hit the water, he just goes down, grabs her, springs back up, and all three skiers collide in three way explosion, killing Koopa and two unnamed characters. It's amazing. <laughs>
It's just the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I love it. It's... It's just insane. How many things... How many things you just have to take for granted in order to make this scene even remotely seem feasible? It's, it's not. It's not. It's, I know, but I'm, I mean, not even to seem feasible, but to... You have to, you have to suspend your disbelief real goddamn hard with this scene. Because Jesus Christ. That's hot air balloon. They also don't tell us how long goes by, but the science guy can read tattoos. And knows Chinese, I guess, so he figures out the direction of land and heads off that way. And they all just kind of... Every character in the whole movie who doesn't suck is just kind of hanging out in a basket. And they run out of water up there on a hot air balloon and die. But then I guess they don't. Because there's a seagull, like in the Bible or whatever. And they make it. Uh, but it's not Mount Everest, it's Hawaii for some reason. <laughs> and. Drink out of the river because it's fresh water. And, and this place is really pretty and it does look after the whole. This was actually kind of fast because after the whole movie, you see nothing but water and these like janky, rust, creaky things. It looks real nice uh, just having green things, you know water trickling down uh, faces of stuff. It was a pretty place anyway, but like, it was effective. Yeah. I don't know why no one's here, because if it was the Himalayas, you'd think all the people who, you know, live there would have, like, walked uphill <laughs> as as the water mm -hmm. rose. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know why unless the why Nepal is, is 
waiting there for White Eagle's <laughs> I mean, did the, maybe the ice caps, like, instantly melted? I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else. It would, it would work better with the, the ice pirates theory that we should have gone with. Where, like, if there's a giant tidal wave that wipes everything out, but then just keeps going. But, but like, they find find a little hut with two skeletons in it and rough drafts of the tattoo map and the kid's like I'm home because they thought we wouldn't get those are her parents <laughs> well then she opens up a music box and it plays the music okay. and then she says I'm home Music box says these are your parents. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're looking in the hut, uh, the mariner runoffs. He's like, "Sorry, babe, mariner's got a marriage." <laughs> Except it turns out he's right outside playing with dirt. <laughs> He's very disappointed. He's like, there's barely any urine in this dirt. <laughs> if I pee on the ground, it's gonna steal it. <laughs> but uh, it turns out I was right. It was a fake out, fake out, because he doesn't just leave. It just build towards that and pauses for a minute so you can make me a boat and go to the point. Everyone's all sad. They're like, what if you stayed here with us or, you know, live on a boat a little bit offshore so you don't have to do all that surround stuff? He's like, nah, I haven't had any piss drink for days. The ground steals it and I can't stay here. <laughs> Everything's weird. He mentions being land sick, which also makes no sense because you can like you can, you can sleep slightly offshore on the cove. Like it's the only safe place. Whatever, it's fine. What he takes off with some plants and the normal stay on the island. It just kind of ends. Mm hmm. Like they watch him leave and then it. It just ends. <laughs> yep, as heroic music plays. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, and that. Waterworld. Yeah. That's the movie Waterworld. Mm -hmm. From 1995 starring Kevin Costner. Sam. 
Yeah. Would you, would you recommend this movie? Sweet Christ, no. I think I would. <laughs> so, okay. No, you, you lied, you lied. I think if you haven't seen this, you should. Because it is... Buck wild. <laughs> Watch it for Dennis Hopper's performance. He's great. Well, watching for the set design, because I'm unironically impressed by it, like set design and prop work and stuff like that. Uh, costuming's great. Everyone looks kind of sunburned in a way that's pretty consistent and pretty good. Okay. Let me, let me, let me dial it back. Watch it, but watch it muted. So you don't hear any of the insane dialogue. Watch it while doing something else. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I'm... I don't think I'm going to watch this again. Glad I saw it though, because it's so weird and like I don't know. It's one of those. It's not so bad. It's good. It's just it's kind of mad. Like I have very few feelings about it. Yeah, it is such a unique look, kind of. And kind of knowing why it was such a flop. Because this was, I don't know if you know this, this is the most expensive movie ever made at the time it came out. It stayed the most expensive movie ever made until Titanic. Yeah, I, I remember that about the, about the movie. Like, I remember hearing the... the stories about the budgeting woes and it's like this came out when I was like 10 so I like the fact that I remember that from that long ago should tell you something about it and I was always I've always been kind of curious to see the movie, to just kind of see, like, why did it get the sort of, like, well, it just got a pretty mixed reception when it came out, as far as, like, critical and fan reception, that sort of thing is concerned. But I was always kind of curious to see, like, what kind of a movie do we get out of like a hundred and seventy-five million dollars back in nineteen ninety-five dollars? And it turns out just standard but not see. 
yeah, it just felt very just kind of bland. Now, there wasn't really, you know, like, you know, like you mentioned before about the fact that the middle third of the movie basically had to be cut because the set sank. It kind of throws a bit of a wrench into, you know, a good 45 minutes of film just being turned into, you know, watching Kevin Costner and Gene Triplehorn and Tina Majorino hate each other and then Dennis Hopper screaming at his, uh, his cronies and then switching back and forth like four times until they meet. So, like, it's, it's not a good movie. <laughs> It's no, I just I I unironically like the look and I unironically like if you cut the entire second act kept the first act and third act, it'd be not even that much longer movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh and like uh I like the, the stupid cheese action stunts in the end. <laughs> and I I really like the the ski based weird pirate stunts in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty much it. But but you know, the look and feel of everything around's good. Like, you could have a 45-minute cut of this movie. It's really solidly entertaining. It just doesn't actually leave much more stuff unexplained than the movie itself does. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you cut 45 minutes from this movie, it would be a reasonable... 90 minute film instead of being a incredibly unreasonable 2 hour and 15 minute long film oh I'm more thinking you'd have a cut that was 45 minutes left oh that's much better that's even better sounds good to me (laughs) just take the toll stuff Cut out everything where he's a fish monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut out everything about water shortage. <laughs> and cut out pretty much everything after they get away from the atoll to when when the girl gets captured. Caught up with. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a 
movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That That's works right. for me. But, but you are going to watch it if you haven't seen it before. It's just not... As a whole, it doesn't work. It has a lot of really good stuff in it. The concept is okay. The execution is extremely bad, though. Uh, like as far as acting is concerned, setting it would be just fine. Like as far as just have like a series set in this world if the actors were good and the writers were better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just the the the. Writing was bad and the acting was not very good. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, same page, but I do recommend it. Uh, I still kind of don't. It's just. That's right. I don't know. Like, for me, like. Okay, if if you either do like a a super cut, like 30 or 40 minute version of the film, where the actual interesting things happen, or if you watch it on mute except for Dennis Hopper, then it's not so bad. But if you just watch the movie to watch it, it's... I can't recommend that. Okay, fair. I... think it's interesting. Not good, interesting. Except for the middle part. I think parts of it are interesting. Yeah, that's that's more. Yeah, for me, I I can't honestly justify recommending the film because parts of it are interesting. Like I do agree with you that all the parts that you mentioned are actually very interesting and has it. It's like the skeleton of an interesting idea. It's just that. There's no muscle and tendon and flesh to, you know, make the movie halfway decent. It's just kind of bad. Yeah, there, there's a skeleton and there's skin. I think the set dressing is very good. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, go play Raft instead of watching this movie. That's my recommendation. Yeah, we'll possibly record ourselves doing that. <laughs> then have it on a, a Patreon. I don't know. We probably won't. That sounds complicated. I'll try. Um, I can I'm figure it out. Pull for the next one, though. Yeah. Uh, sorry that I was so negative on this one. It's just it is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's. The thing is. Okay. I, I know I don't, I don't want to drag this out anymore. But, like, there's. There's a difference between, like, a. Uh, so bad it's terrible movie like Exorcist 2 and a movie that's just kinda bad like this one where it's like all the negativity just sticks out a lot more in this one and there's it's not so much stuff that we can make fun of it's as much as stuff that we just kind of Tear it to shreds. Like Exorcist you know, 2, we can laugh at it. This one, we can't really laugh at. You know what it is? You know what it is for me? Hmm. It's that the movie itself seems mean spirited. Like the way that the characters treat each other, the way particularly Costner's character treats the women in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, all the women, honestly, like, there's the two that are main characters, the first one who's only there is like, hey, hey, will you have sex with my daughter? She's property. Like, it's a bummer, mm -hmm. uh, in a way that makes me not feel like it ought to be nice in the movie, like I am with some, you know, heart in the right place tries so hard doesn't work bad movies. Yeah. Uh, where, like, I, I, I still want to give props to, you know, everyone who did their job really well, which is, I think, all the cosmers, the casting directors, the set builders, the set designers, mm -hmm. uh, everyone but the, uh, the writers and the, the musicians, honestly. But, like, it's such a bummer, and it's so mean, <laughs> that like, yes. I feel okay being mean to it, that I feel bad for having mean to it this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I will agree with that. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, as opposed to, like, Mortal Kombat, the lovable, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it's like, it's a movie that's dumb, but it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, that's fine. too, where, like, you can tell some of these people were trying. Mm. Don't know why, but... Yeah, exactly. Well, 
Okay. So, alright. I'm glad I figured that out about myself. Because I was like, why did I pay me? Also, Tim's studying for the bar. It's a huge fantastic. But other than that. Oh, speaking of that, there might not be another episode um, this coming month. Like, I'm probably. This one's getting about pretty late in June. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to do another one in July. I'll try. Uh, that's when the bar exam is, and it might be pretty much, uh, up to the wire, so, might not be, but, the next one will be a poll episode, we just gotta figure out which poll. Let's just go for that cool skeleton one so we can watch Jason and the Argonauts. Alright, but what if they vote against Jason and the Argonauts? We're gonna have to watch Ghost Rider. Uh. Which is fine. Who the fuck would vote for Ghost Rider over Jason and the Argonauts? I mean. If it's a landslide, if we know how it's gonna go, then it's not a very good poll. Maybe we should just do a different poll so we can watch Jason the Argonauts another time. <laughs> yeah, maybe if we definitely want to put Jason the Argonauts on it, let's. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. You know what, let's do that one next because we need a palate cleanser and that's an amazing Yes. I'm down with that. And this one got too negative, so let's... Yeah, okay. I'm 100% down with that. Okay. Poll will be... Scary movies to tell you how many days long. That works for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well. Until next time, then. I've been Ben. I am Sam. Forget the line I was gonna quote from this movie, but I love you. <laughs> Let me breathe <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back because I'm not finished. Thing I need to know. <laughs>
Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matineemanatees. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, the Stitcher app, or on YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and hundreds of others on his website, incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.